Reading the case files, it is obvious why Otis Toole has been a key suspect in the murder of Adam Walsh for 12 years. After he was convicted of arson in a Jacksonville courtroom in 1983, Toole said he wanted to talk about a murder he'd committed a few years ago. He told detectives he'd kidnapped a child who said his name was Adam from a Fort Lauderdale area mall, a spur-of-the-moment decision to take the child and raise the child as his own. July 27, 1981, six-year-old Adam disappeared from a Hollywood mall. His head was found two weeks later, 125 miles away, in a canal west of Vero Beach. Toole tells detectives the child became rowdy in his car as he was heading north to Jacksonville, and he slapped the daylights out of him. In an autopsy of the head, the medical examiner determined Adam had received blows to the face and had a fracture to the nose. In 1983, Toole said he grabbed Adam around the throat and started to choke him using both hands, and he never regained consciousness. In 1981, the medical examiner believed Adam was dead before decapitation. Toole told detectives he used two hands to swing the machete approximately half a dozen times to decapitate the child. The medical examiner had ruled the killer had to use two hands on the machete for the necessary force. But Toole would change details of his story in follow-up statements, then recant the entire confession, confess again, recant again. It definitely creates problems, and um, they're difficult, but I don't think they're problems that can't be overcome. Preclude a prosecution taking place. Our experts, Clint Wonderly and Doug Stevens, former Metro Dade policemen with nearly 25 years' experience in homicide investigations, have gone through much of the case. In regards to physical evidence, there's not anything else they can do. They have, uh, they have what they have, and it's not going to get any better. They don't have much, and what could have been critical evidence, blood found in Toole's 1971 Cadillac, has been lost. But in 1991, a man by the name of William Missler, who owns this Hollywood business, came forward to police to say that he saw Toole and Walsh together in Toole's car back in 1981. Under hypnosis, Missler described Toole's car, even including a dent that hadn't been made public. Missler talked about seeing lawn tools in the car. Toole was known to have worked cutting lawns. I think it is a prosecutable case. So far, no one's been charged. Connie Hicks, Eyewitness News, Nightbeat. Good evening and welcome to Reexamined. I'm Gino, your co-host, with the other co-host, Miss Megan Walsh. Megan, how are you? Hi, Gino. I'm going to remember to unmute. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was so nonchalant. I loved it. I just, you know, we're, we're getting better and I've, I've got, I'm bringing a new look tonight. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're Love getting it. creepier. It's getting creepier. It's a little creepy, but I think it fits the, the scene tonight, right? I mean, the mood, that's what we're looking for. No, we're not really looking for creepy. We're looking for answers is what we're really looking for. Amen. Amen. I just yeah. went with it. So maybe it's just a line, but yeah, so um, I'm doing good. Thank you. And thanks everyone for joining tonight. We've we're on a roll here and it's late Saturday night. So happy Saturday, everyone. And uh, here we go. Well, it's episode six. And um, last week was the physical evidence. We looked at the machete and some of the, the cars and some of the blood stains and all that stuff. This week, we're actually getting into the main suspect. At least that's what they told us who the main suspect was. And that would be a, a Mr. Otis Tool, a very strange fellow, um, not the most handsome fellow in the world um 
<laughs> not that I'm judging people, people by their looks, but wow. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to put a face to a crime, um, in a horrendous crime as it was, then this would be the guy it, and his supposed partner. So we're going to get into that. We'll, uh, we'll dig into oddest tool and who this man was. And, um, I think he passed away in, what was it? 96. I think it was, I believe it was 96 or 97 yeah. in prison. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he, this guy was back and forth, Megan. I mean, sometimes, you know, one week he killed 100 people, the next it was 600. I don't know. It was like all over the map. And I don't know how you can trust anything that came out of his mouth. Uh, so we're going to dig into that aspect of it, too. So any thoughts before we get started? No, I'm excited for tonight's show. I, I want to remind people, you know, again, we're, we're going through things. We, we might skip around a little bit through the files, but we are bringing up Otis tonight because he did show up earlier on in the case. Most people think that he didn't show up until later, you know, even myself growing up. I was under the impression that maybe it was like in the 90s, late, you know, things like that. Um, but he did show up early on in the cases, you know, I don't know if we'll have time to get into it tonight, but next episode or coming up, we'll be reviewing the Adam movies, which Gino and I went through. I, I watched the second one today. I, I hate, I'm sorry to be smiling. I just, well, guys just wait. It's, it's really something. Um, but again, you know, the, at the end of the movie, the second Adam movie, he's talking about, they announced how there won't be any trial for Otis Tool when he was still living and, and they had him as a suspect, um, that there wouldn't be any trial. There wasn't enough, uh, evidence to convict him, uh, at that time. And then we see him, you know, convicted after he's a dead man that can't speak for himself. So we'll get into that tonight and, and more of what led up to that but i just i wanted to point that out yeah speaking of adam too the song continues i believe it's called um <laughs> i gotta tell you i still have the taste of vomit in my mouth um after watching just the scenes you had sent me and the script i mean i, I know we're not talking about this tonight but the, the script alone i'm thinking who came up with this nonsense like everything we know about your parents it is like it's just this false like i don't even know who these people are in this movie like it, i could have closed my eyes and i would have thought it was some other you know murder yeah. story that happened in california or something like it's just like a crazy. police murder movie yeah. you know it was it's like you would have thought that this guy was an agent and his kid you know something happened to his kid oh that sounds like minority report okay i digress um no but you know, very dramatic, very, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And, you know, I have to say watching even just the tone of the movie, you know, coming from a media background, right. And psychology and art and, you know, all of that, you know, looking at the tone and the twilight zone type, you know, music that was put in it when we know what, you know, the films that Joe Meth, Joe Beth McWilliams were in where they're horror films and different things like that. So it's just very eerie, to watch and the melodrama uh, is is very heightened. And why I say that is because this is what was put out to the American public. And, you know, to, to see this and it be told as a true story, when, like you said, I mean, we can, I mean, it stinks of dramatization. I know we've had some recent movies dealing with children that, you know, have the same issue. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, so on the movie, we'll, we'll go over those, you know, coming minute. up, we've got some, 
we've got some other fun ones about, you know, my, my parents' family trees and history is really important. Uh, you know, adding, looking at that and, and then the history of Hollywood and the Diplomat Hotel. And, you know, we'll go into some of those things in future episodes. But tonight it's about Otis. It's all it's all about Otis. Megan, you just gave me a great idea. Why don't we take all of those movies and make a box set out of them? And then we'll put it in the merch store that's that's upcoming. And who knows? We'll sell them two for one. Get rid of them as fast I mean, as we I, can. I'm not getting royalties on either of those movies. <laughs> so I don't know where that that breach of contract happened or how I got the, the short end of the stick on there. But I'm not. I'm definitely not getting any royalties for my portrayal in, in both of those movies. Or the hours that I worked on Capitol Hill. And, you know, else. Nothing. Zilch. You know, those movies, it, now that you bring them up, it does, I think what they were meant to do was solidify the story, right? Solidify the narrative that was being portrayed. And and it did help to kind of like push that narrative of being fearful, stranger danger. Yeah, all of that stuff. Like that That just like solidified it. You know, because that, that second movie came out, what was it, like 84 or 5, I think? 84? Yeah, and when we do that review, I was talking about this earlier when we were talking um, on YouTube. There's actually an interview of Dan Trevanti, um, you know, about the second, you know, uh, his song continues, the second uh, part of the, the second movie that they did, right, of Adam. And he's oddly talking about how he didn't want to do it. He didn't think it was right to do all this stuff. We, we'll, we'll include that in, in our review for sure. Maybe we could just do like Are a watch not, party. Yeah, we could... maybe we should. I was thinking about that today. Do you think we can? Do you think Rumble will kick us off if we stream it and do a watch party? They might kick us off. It's so bad. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so <laughs> it was horrible. I'm not joking. And you know, it's funny. We were looking for that one scene with your mom on the phone. You're like, it's on there. I know it's on there. And I'm looking through the first movie, not thinking it's in yeah. the second one. And of course it was in the second one, but glad I you found it. There, but then as soon as I started seeing that the second one was about like, you know, the center and the government stuff and all that, I was like, it, it has to be in this because it wasn't in the first one. So that's an interesting scene. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely get into the movies at some point later on, but tonight, like you said, it's out tool. So, Okay, so this is the guy that was propped up as the murder of Adam. Uh, at least he was the he was the main suspect in 1983, and these were his arrest pictures. Um, and like I said earlier, he's not the most handsome fella. This guy had a lot of issues, and as you're gonna find out when we watch some of the videos um, as we go through the the show tonight, you're gonna see this guy had a lot of abuse in his past. And and Megan, we know that the abused abuse. That's just kind of the name of the game, unfortunately. And they can't break that cycle of abuse. They just keep doing it to other people. And I think that's, we're going to see as we go through this, there's some videos of him talking about some horrendous things that happened to him as a kid. Whether they're true or not, I mean, because this guy was a compulsive liar, that remains to be seen. I believe he was definitely abused. I mean, I, you can see it in his face, hear it in his yeah. voice. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would think he wasn't lying about that. No, I, I don't think that he was at all. Um, I do want to preface, though, especially with my background in trauma and, and, you know, healing and all of that. I do want to preface that, you know, 
the majority of people who were abused do not go on to abuse. They don't want that to happen to anyone else. But yes, there is a, a very strong percentage that needs to be paid attention to and, and the higher, um, you know, uh, probability, if you will, that, that they would abuse from the abuse is, is obvious, uh, is an obvious correlation and, and very real. So um, I'm sorry, Gino, I just wanted no, to say that's, that. No, I'm glad you corrected me. I, I know, and I'm kind of going on personal experiences. I know people in my own circles that were abused and then they ended up abusing also. Absolutely. But yeah, that doesn't mean, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. I shouldn't do that. So I'm glad you corrected me. Thank you. Oh, we already have a question before we go on. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I Mc just had forgotten what you had prompted me with. So, because I want to be sure I didn't miss that. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, McBray okay. said, before I forget my question, I am wondering how he went from an arsonist and no other criminal background and then become a serial killer all of a sudden. Well, we're going to get into that in a second. I'm glad you asked that. Perfect segue. Great, great we are question. definitely going to get into that here in a second. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's what, that's what the million dollar question. It is. It really is. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out real quick before we get into it, because McBray and I have been going back and forth about the family tree stuff, getting that show prepared for you guys. And it's been it's been really cool. She's done a great job uh, helping. And and I've just been busy as crazy. But we've been we've been working hard, guys. So give a shout out to McBray, everyone in the chats. Go ahead, Gina. Well, for the holidays, let's get another collage of two good looking goo dudes together. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's Christmas. Let's just sell. I was like, where is this yeah. going? <laughs> We've got, We've got uh, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool. So they were gay lovers uh, for I don't know how many years, but uh, yeah, cute, cute couple. Um, these were the guys that were spreading fear across America. Henry Lee Lucas um, settled down in Texas. Uh, you know what I found out today? I didn't realize he committed crimes right here in Michigan. I was unaware of that. Well, you know, apparently he committed them everywhere, but I'm not negating the ones that he was convicted of in Michigan. But I, I also want to, if you would go back to that real quick, Gina, so people can have a visual. Um, the So Henry Lee Lucas is the one with the mustache. We see him on the bottom row, also in the middle with the Jesus shirt on. Um, and for those that aren't familiar, you can go to Netflix. They have The Confession Killer uh, is a series that they did on Henry Lee Lucas. There's also, I think, books or whatnot. But uh, really, he was, you know, claim, quote unquote, you know, coined the most notorious serial killer um, in the country or in our history, American history. Um, and he was when Otis Tool actually originally confessed to Adam, he said that Henry Lee Lucas was with him when it happened and that they did it together, which was one of the first debunks of Otis Tools. Oh, and I'm sorry, he's up on the uh, upper right with the fabulous teeth as well, um, or left. I don't, I don't know how it shows to you guys, but the, the teeth guy on the top row, that's <laughs> him too. Uh, but, it, but it ended up being that he was uh, actually in prison at the time when Adam was taken. So that really... Um, you know, was a first huge hole in Otis's story. I mean, he's saying, oh, this guy's with me and we did it together. So, um, but for the history, how he became the most notorious serial killer is that he started, and we'll get into more of it, but for a preface, while people are looking at it, he, you know, started confessing to all these crimes, uh, you know, while he was in prison. He also was, uh, as we've mentioned uh, on the show before, he was also uh, pardoned by 
uh, Bush in Texas right before he was scheduled for execution. And Bush at the time had been known for being like the governor that never gave, I think he didn't give some like 90 year old grandma a pardon or something crazy like that, that was in for marijuana or something, you know, at the time, but he pardons Henry Lee Lucas. And then like we mentioned on the last show, then we see Bush who does this pardon uh, with these connections, you know, doing the Adam Walsh act uh, in the Rose Garden on the 25th anniversary of Adam's death. So just interesting connections there, but an automatic debunk of the first try for Otis's confession, also showing that Henry Lee Lucas was already doing these confessions or should be noted that Henry Lee Lucas was already doing these confessions um, and Otis Tool saw, you know, the incentives and the fame and the notoriety that he was getting. Uh, and the first, uh, one of the first attempts with Otis was always demanding that he wanted a, an author to come in for his confession and that he wanted a book deal uh, from the confession. So great points. Lover's footsteps. Let's, yeah. These guys were known for that. Go ahead. All right, so let's get into the first document here. This is from a doctor, oh, I forgot his name. What was it? Dr. Ernest Miller. Okay, so Dr. Ernest Miller, I, do you know who that is by any chance, Megan? I tried looking him up. I couldn't find any information uh, on this guy. I, I've never met the guy. No, Gina. Okay, <laughs> didn't, didn't think you did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was probably like the shrink. You know, and probably came yeah, in I mean, was examining. I, yeah, I assumed that he was, you know, amongst the force and yeah. uh, was their contracted, which is notable, their contracted uh, guy. Okay, I'm going to let you go ahead and read Dr. Green's report, and uh, I will gently scroll as you read. Thank you. Otis Elwood Toole was born in Jacksonville, Florida, and lived in the Springfield area most of his life. He's the youngest of nine children. His father was an alcoholic. His mother suffered from mental illness. One brother is currently confined to a mental institution and one sister attempted suicide. He was raised uh, by his natural parents and lived with his mother until her death in 1981. He was never close to his father, uh, brothers or sisters. He stated he periodically visited his mother's grave and would lie down beside her grave and felt the dirt very warm and at times felt the ground move. As a juvenile, Tool ran away from home numerous times and was picked up one time for dressing as a girl. Uh, he has always been a loner and tends to avoid people because he would insult him, because they would insult him, excuse me, as a youngster, calling him a retard. His formal education was in special classes and dropped out after the seventh grade. Uh, he has been a homosexual all his life and learned sexual activities from the man who lived next door. Interesting, isn't it? Another pattern. We'll, we'll see a lot of patterns in this now, won't we? Um, he married twice to see how it was and thought perhaps marriage might change his sexual gender preference. His first marriage lasted four days because one of his sisters told his wife he was a homosexual. He married again in 1977 and consummated sexual relations but did not enjoy it. Otis Tool has numerous arrests in Jacksonville, Florida, Savannah, Georgia, Ashland, uh, Kentucky, Birmingham, Alabama, and auto thefts, larceny, malicious, mischief, lewd, and uh, 
lascivious behavior and loitering. He was tried on August 5th, 1983 for numerous arsons in Jacksonville, Florida area and received 20 years in the penitentiary. On one occasion, he was arrested in a pornographic theater for propositioning an officer. Wow. He is also... There's, yeah, so there's that. that. So there's that, isn't there? He, uh, he's giving me like Pee Wee Herman vibes. Okay. He has also engaged in obscene telephone calling, window peeping, does cross-dressing, and exposes himself to the public. He stated he has been burning down buildings since he was a child and would pour gasoline in houses and put paper in them to catch fire. He's been doing this for years because it excites him and he can fan and he can fantasize sex at time uh he would masturbate while watching the building burn he has stated that he hates blacks and has burned numerous homes belonging to blacks in florida because of his dislike for their race if you want to go up to the top i'll uh, he stated he was in love with Henry Lee Lucas and had requested a photograph of Lucas to be placed in his jail cell in Florida. He traveled extensively with Lucas across the United States and was involved in some murders with Lucas. He said on occasion he remained in the car they were traveling in while Lucas murdered his victims and committed burg burglaries of residences. On occasion, while they were committing armed robberies, they shot the victims numerous times, and in each instance, they appeared to be, uh, there appeared to be an overkill, quote unquote, taking place. It is believed that in a number of female murders where Lucas had sex with the victim in the presence of Tool, uh, he, Tool, had entered into the mutilation of the victim due to jealousy and anger over Lucas committing the sexual acts. Lucas has confessed to some murders with Tool in, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying. Uh, which the victims were stabbed numerous times, their bodies disemboweled with deep cuts along the arms, thighs, and legs. So that's, you know, notable, not to be gross, but, you know, again, these are notable uh, patterns when you're looking at crimes and criminals and looking at their patterns uh, to delineate. Uh, on two occasions, an X was made on the side of the bodies. In some of the murders, an attempt has been made to destroy the body by fire. This fits the MO of Tool as an arsonist. One victim had diesel fuel used on the body to set it afire, and sometimes diesel fuel was carried in a milk container Obtain, obtaining the diesel fuel from the roofing company where they were employed. So construction. Uh, it is believed that Tool has killed numerous homosexuals and has robbed the victim after death. Lucas stated that on occasion, Tool would leave with a male and come back alone with a large sum of money. On November 2nd, 1983, a Texas Rangers, the Texas Rangers, Austin, Texas, uh, had in custody two pistols, which were sold by Tool to a black man in San Angelo, Texas, sometimes between April uh, and June 1982. These weapons ha may have been used in some of the murders committed by Lucas and or Tool. They're described as 22 caliber RG model 14 serial 271535 
chambered for long rifle car cartridges with eight lands and grooves inclined to the right with width dimensions 0.040 to 0.043 per inch and groove width dimensions 0.041 to 0.045 per inch. 25 caliber, semi-automatic, Italian-made, Army Galesi Brescia Brevetto, serial number 326427, with six lands and grooves inclined to the right, uh, with land width dimensions of 0.040 to 0.043, and groove width dimensions of 0.083 to 0.086 per inch. All right, that's enough for that. I just wanted to get through what the doctor's description. So um, Danielle, our good friend Danielle, asked, who was that? That was Dr. Green. We think he was maybe a psychiatrist or something like that. Not 100% sure. Can't find any other information on this guy, so I don't know. I'm assuming that's who it was, and he probably did like a preliminary report. Like a forensics uh, just, guy Like forensics, yeah, something like that. So anyway, that's just his description of what he observed with uh, Tool and from there so i i thought the arsonist part is yeah. the part that grabs you okay so that's important to remember and i think uh it was tanya or not tanya it was mcbray that had mentioned the arsonist uh earlier so let's get into this is um let's see who was this terry okay this was a conversation with detective terry in a uh, summary of his conversation with Otis. actually you know what before i do that i think i want to play a video I'm going to play this video first. This is, um, <laughs> this is, I gotta say, this is, he makes kind of a perverted, like, motion, like he's doing something yeah. with his penis. Oh, this one. <laughs> At yeah. one point, yeah, so. Trigger this warning. Is him, trigger warning. warning. Yeah. <laughs> talking, talking about arsons. I really like fires. I like my three stories high, little bitty fires. They don't turn me on that much, you know. Big old fires turn me on, you know. Sometimes I get dream and I said, oh, shoot. I said, I wish I could see a fire about four or five stories high on top of these buildings where all the shoot over the buildings. And I could be all bitches and get off. <laughs> I could really get off, baby. But you can't get none of that around here, you know. Not much you build a little bitty fire, you know. I ain't building them. Build no fire since I've been here. Hold off of the railroads, you know. Really, really, really gets me off there. I like to do that in here, but ain't nothing to burn, you know. You see what it is. Nothing but concrete, you know. No wood, no nothing. All back there ain't nothing to burn, you know. Nothing but a mattress. It goes out no time, imagine. You can't die. Most of the thing they got in here is fire resistant. It won't burn, you know. Not much you get a whole pile of newspaper and pile it up. They have been some people do that here, you know. And I stick my head out the window and watch all the planes jumping outside the window, you know. I've seen people do it since I've been here. I just, <laughs> I just be getting off. I'll, I'll really be getting off here. Seeing all the planes jumping outside the window. Our friend Otis Tool. <laughs> quite, quite the character, I will say. I mean, I've watched a ton of his interviews, and 
quite the character. I mean, you can definitely tell when you do that he's having a good time uh, talking about it, just like Henry. But there is this, again, this arson, this obsession with arson. Uh, no, nowhere do we see in his past outside of Adam do we see uh, any child-related issues, really. Um, you know, we see Henry Lee Lucas with women and Otis Tool's niece and different things like that, but we don't see Otis Tool, who we just read is has been a homosexual his entire life. Um, you know, and now, you know, we see that he has a clear obsession and gets very excited about arson, explaining that there's nothing flammable in the prison. <laughs> Which is interesting because in the first few seconds, the subtitles are in French. And in the first few seconds, he says the word dream. And it shows up, the word dream in French, to dream, it's a verb. And it's reve. And it shows up on the, uh, on the screen, ironically. Sorry, I couldn't stop didn't, I couldn't resist. I looked notice. down and saw reve. Um, no, so there, there he is talking about the arson. We see the pattern. Also, we see in the report before, prior to that video, we see um, the mention of him cross-dressing or being apprehended as dressing as a girl. Um, I don't know if we pulled those for tonight, so I don't want to ruin it, but I'm, I'm going to say it, that we know in Otis Tool's past, like you brought up earlier, um, and his upbringing, that it's been well noted and documented that he was actually raised in uh, Satanism, that his grandmother would take him all the time and dress him as a little girl uh, and take him to rituals and things. So um, that is documented and, and known. Um, and here we have this becoming an issue later. Very <laughs> much so, yeah. Happening. But, you know, that's another thing is because when people bring up, like, say, for instance, the Jeffrey Dahmer option, right? Well, everyone dismisses it in terms of, oh, well, Jeffrey Dahmer never had a history with young boys. It was always young men. It was, you know, homosexual. And so they, they're fine to make that. The public's fine to make that argument towards Jeffrey Dahmer. But then they don't look at the logistics of Otis Tool and apply the same thing when actually Jeffrey Dahmer has had, I believe it was one instant, not saying it's significant, but that there was, you know, some reports of some sort of, you know, uh, interaction or discrepancy with a younger uh, male, if you will. Um, even saying that, you know, there is none with Otis Tool. This is arson. Um, you know, the people died in the fire in the building that he was burning, you know, gunshots, things like that, not decapitations of children until later, which we didn't get into tonight. We'll, we'll get into that on our CIA episode, I guess. But, you know, the hands of death cult would come into play, you know, later within this vein of, of talking, if you will. Um, but we're not there yet. So go ahead, Gino. Okay, so here's another report about his arson. And it says on uh, June 6, 1983, Detective, sorry, my camera's in the way, <laughs> Carol, and I interviewed suspect number three, Otis Toole, at the intelligence office. We advised him of his constitutional rights, and he signed a rights waiver. Suspect number three admitted setting the fires at 1126 Market Street and 1203 Hubbard Street. Suspect Toole gave us a written statement admitting to setting the fires. The suspect also stated that he had been setting fires since he was nine years old and had set over 40 fires. Detective Carroll and I drove the suspect around, and he pointed out places that he had burned. Some of the buildings have since been demolished, 
The suspect stated he set the fires to keep blacks out of his neighborhood and because it was sexually gratifying. The suspect charged with two counts of arson and placed in the Duval County Jail on 16 June 1983. Suspects 1 and 2, Charles Hammock and John Redwine, were certified as adults and placed in the Duval County Jail. Detective Carol and I field, field charges on suspects 1 and 2 in the juvenile state attorney and filed charges on suspect number 3 with assistant state attorney Terry Anderson. Suspects 1 and 2 were charged with two counts of arson. CCR numbers 232074 and 244929. So another report talking about his arson. Um, there's several reports, and I'm not gonna we're not gonna go through all of them. It's just not worth it. But there's just tons of information about how he gets sexually gratified by this by starting fires. I mean, he gets off on it, and it's um and he's well, he's just. I noticed, like, as I was watching some of these other videos today, like, this guy, I mean, like, his eyes almost, like, light up when he's talking about it. Like, it is a weird fascination. Like, I mean, you know, okay, I could get it if, like, he's looking at women. Okay, like, but he doesn't get off on women. He gets off on fires and some men. And, and he some... never and he never mentions children. Like, he's he's not into kids. Oh, and even in other, you know, records that we have, I mean, it would be so much to pull if we did everything. But again, everything can be found on justiceforadam.com. Everyone that's just joining us tonight, please go all the records, justiceforadam.com. Um, but we even have where, you know, he, uh, one of the people that used to live in the same apartment building that he did or complex and would talk, had a firsthand account of, you know, how he was kind of the, uh, you know, handyman, if you will, or superintendent there for the apartments. And he was really diligent to, you know, always make sure that everyone was kind of safe and, you know, the grounds were picked up and, and, you know, that especially children were safe. Now that could go either way. It's not saying not, but, you know, this person seemed to be making these statements and coming forward in terms of the fact that they really couldn't believe or, you know, that it wouldn't be likely, you know, that Otis was someone that would do something to, a child necessarily. Um, and again, we have to, we also know that he's on the spectrum of some sort. So to have an upbringing that's highly abusive, <coughs> where you are exposed to rituals, which include fire, um, you're experiencing things. I know also in the Dahmer movie, I mean, people forget that Jeffrey Dahmer, his father tries to do this, grab his chest and be this, you know, upstanding citizen. Like a lot of these parents, I will say, uh, try to do. And uh, he was the first one to, you know, really take Jeffrey Dahmer out and show him killing small animals and taxidermy and, you know, things that people just say, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer was already doing that stuff when he was young, you know. Um, there's other crimes that we could, you know, speculate had, you know, occult ties or upbringings that then influence their later, you know, behaviors or crimes or, or whatnot. Or tar made them targets to be fall guys for crimes. We have to also include that. So um, it's interesting to look at, you know, fall guys also being like Henry Lee Lucas that's confessing. You don't have to just be blamed. You can also voluntarily you know, be a fall guy like we saw with Henry. So anyways, this whole, uh, you know, upbringing would also, you know, be indicative of someone that would later possibly have uh, an obsession with arson or be a pyromaniac, um, if you will. I don't, I don't remember the term 
specifically for when you get sexually gratified from the fire. But, um, you know, I think that that, again, has to be looked at from a childhood and upbringing the abuse into, you know, what these traumas are manifesting as later in life and, and as these crimes. It wouldn't be called a firegasm, would it? Sorry. I saw you, Smart. I was wondering what so was st- coming. Dad, dad joke number one of the night. Sorry. No. Dad joke number one of the night. That was Pyro, stupid. Okay. Pyro, All right. Pyro, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't come up with a better one. All right. So this is the um, supplemental report from the Hollywood Police Department. And this is their one of their first interviews with Otis Tool. So let's go ahead and start reading this. Uh, go ahead and read, Megan. All right. Um, and what did you say this was? Sorry, my air this, is deciding not to work right now. So I'm kind of th- like, this was one of the first interviews with Otis Tool by the Hollywood Police oh, Department. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Did the kid, okay, question. Did the kid ask you to take him home to please take him back to his mother? Answer. He kept hollering. He wanted to go back to where his parents was at. Did he tell you where he lived? No. Did he say if he had any brothers and sisters? I believe he did, but I'm not sure. You're not sure? All right. Did you ever say the name? Did he ever say the name of his street even? Did he ever tell you his father's name? No. How about his dog? No. And the weapon that you described, this large knife, did Henry have any other type of weapon so this is when he's saying that henry was with him mind you so this is the confession when he's you know first claiming that henry was with him uh did henry have any other type of weapons or did you have did you have any other weapons in the car other than that knife yeah i had a 38 in the car and other uh, uh any other type of knives other than that one knife yeah there was uh i kept a hunting knife on the side a buck knife or hunting knife in in a sheath? A hunting knife, you know, one that doesn't fold, that doesn't fold. Did you happen to see any road signs that indicated to you that uh, what city you might, he might, uh, you might have been in? Excuse me, I can read, I promise. I'm getting old here. I might need some glasses too, Gino. <laughs> <laughs> Dollar store. I, oh my goodness. Okay. I know it was a bunch of little towns run together up in there. Uh, Yeah, do you remember any of the names of these cities? No, I don't. That knife that Henry used to kill the child, do you know what kind of handle, what color handle was on that knife? So he's saying that Henry was the one to do it even. Um, Which also is interesting because, you know, people tell parts part truths and part lies. So is this something, this would also bring into question, you know, was he actually the one, maybe it wasn't Henry, but was Otis even the one to actually be doing it? You know, he could be, right. just, you know, substituting Henry's uh, name. So um, um, had a woman wooden handle on it. Wooden handle, was it a clean blade knife or was it rusted? No, it wasn't rusted. You kept it clean, very sharp. If you saw a picture of this child, would you be able to recognize him? Yeah. No problem. Okay, you said you never picked up a young child between the ages of 7 and 10. This was the only one you've ever picked up, right? That's the only one. Uh, Is that the only one you've ever killed? He was the only one I ever killed. 
how about the other children that uh, I don't want you to tell me about the cases, but I understand that there are other children you've been involved with. Uh, all they've been older, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, were they hitchhikers and things like that? Yeah, hitchhikers, runaways, which when we get more into things and also into the center, this runaways notion, everyone make note of runaways. That's a big thing they're liking to use. Uh, uh, sometimes like that, you know, did you ever pick up a person hitchhiking on the road that you didn't? kill. Uh-huh. What would be the reason for not killing that person? Well, shoot, if I killed, if we killed, I killed everybody. I picked up, you know, we we done killed a whole city out. So he just, wait, am I wrong? He just said that they didn't pick, kill everybody that they picked up. And then he says <laughs> that they killed the whole city and they kill everybody. Okay. Um, yeah. You can't kill everybody you run into. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I even, uh, what was the reason? Uh, I guess I'll have to get my acting skills on for next show. Sorry, guys. Um, I live in, you know, I picked up kids and gave them a ride home and Henry picked them up and gave them a ride home, you know? So here again, they're like, according to him, they're like picking up kids and giving them rides home and moving them around, whatever. Do you remember where you went after you left Florida uh, after killing this child, like what state you went to next? Uh, we came back to uh, came back to Jacksonville, so that would be north again. If they picked up him in Hollywood, which you know it wasn't Henry, but if they picked him up in Hollywood and then he was found in Vero Beach, and then Jacksonville's still north. You came back to well, Jacksonville. Well, actually, like, he said, "What do you remember? What state you came back to?" And he said, "Jacksonville." I don't know if he knew that, but Jacksonville's actually a city. Well, right. <laughs> you know, There's it was that. Honest, trying to be more specific, Gino. I guess so. It. I guess so. He was trying, you know, come on. You came <laughs> back to Jacksonville that you remember? Yeah, that same day. Um, it was late that night. So am I gathering that right, that he's saying that they picked him up and then later that night they were already in Jacksonville? That's what it seems like to me. Okay. Did the did you sleep in your car that night or sleep in a hotel? No, we drove straight back. And where do you go to your house or your mom or your mama's? Did you have to clean up the car when you got home the next day? Oh yeah, I always clean the car. I guess after they kill every single person, but not every single person. Well, that part That's about the driving the kids, like picking up the kids and yeah. driving them. Yeah. Like now, I guess that wasn't specific enough because a few sentences earlier, he said like 14, 15, 16 year old kids. Is that what he's yeah. talking about when he says kids or is he talking yeah. like Adam's age? No, I think that he's referring to 15, 16 year olds, whatever. And he's referring to hitchhikers and runaways. And, you know, again, given the time of, you know, that we're talking about what early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Right. You know, um, was there blood in the car? Yeah. Now, let me see. Maybe you can remember a little better now. But I had a habit of keeping a blanket over the seat in the car because, you know, leather would make you sweat, you know. Sure. After you set it uh, on it for a length of time, I always take 
you know, a couple blankets and I put over the front seat and I took a blanket and put it over the back seat. You think you could refresh your memory about what time of day it was when you went to the Sears mall? Hmm. Do you remember if you just had breakfast or the store was just opening or was it afternoon dinner time? It would have. Uh, hey, Meg be... Megan, time out, time out. Isn't that yeah. kind of a leading question? I mean, um, this, I'm, why I'm would you? Down. <laughs> I, I, I know. You think you could refresh your memory about what time of day it was when you went to that Sears mall. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the report prior to this is Sears mall mentioned. Now, no. I know that he knew that prior to coming into this, but why would the why wouldn't the cop just say where you were or what, you know, like, do you know about what time of the day it was? Do you know what the location was? Can you be more specific? Like, instead of like actually telling them Sears mall, is that something that normally happens in one of these interrogations? Thank you for pointing know. that out because you're starting the theme that we'll start to see. You know, we'll start to mm -hmm. see feeding of information or convoluted information, leading questions, stuff like that. So thank you. That's a good point to, to start. Yeah, I didn't want to pass that up. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, all right. So it says it would have been uh, after the afternoon. So he's saying after the afternoon. Remember... Reve doesn't have her times right, but it was somewhere right. in 11.30, 12.30, maybe 10.30. We, hey, you know, whatever. Depends <laughs> on who hypnotized you that day. What difference All does right. it make? What difference does it make? I, you know, we both, none of us had our watches. All right. Are we talking about 12 o'clock in the day? Or are we talking about 2 o'clock? Afternoon, afternoon. I call afternoon is around noontime and that. Okay. Around noontime, where had you been prior to your going to the mall? Oh, just riding around, you know. Did you have breakfast that day? Do you remember? Uh, I was, uh, when I was traveling around, I always stop at a grocery store or a mini market. Right. Something like that, you know. Do you remember stopping at one of those stores that day before you went to Sears? Is that Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what type of store it was? I'd say it was a mini market. Magic market? Yeah. Sure. Oh, my Magic God. Market. Come on. Are you kidding me? This is a ridiculous. It's about the same thing. How much a time passed from the time that you went to the magic market or the mini market before you went to the mall? When I was traveling around, I always try to keep enough money on me without getting too broke. So he's never answering these questions directly, by the way. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Let me ask you this. Last week, you were up in the prison at that time. You weren't down here from Jacksonville. Were you in uh, Rayford? Last week? Yeah, just last week. I was here last week, here in Jacksonville. Did you happen to see a TV show last week about missing <laughs> children? Gosh. Gino. I'm sorry. I'm going to mute so you don't hear my comment. <laughs> Stop it. No. <laughs> Unmute yourself. <laughs> not not with the guys. I mean, this is it's, okay. Not with the guys in the cell. They, uh, when the news comes, on, they just switch it off. Okay, so yeah, they just switch it off. None of the guys in the jail watch this, and so he would have no idea. 
uh, when you don't remember seeing anything about a missing, then you don't remember seeing anything about a missing child. It wasn't a news program. This was a movie, nine o'clock movie last night, a week ago, last Monday. No, I didn't. Did you ever hear anything during the past few years about a person? Oh my God. By the name of Walsh? Walsh? Yeah, Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh? Was he blonde headed? Excuse me? Was he blonde headed? <laughs> it was a child. Was he blonde headed? <laughs> yeah, sandy colored hair. Was his hair kind of, that was 50 50 right there. Okay. Was he, was his hair kind of curly or wavy like that? I don't know. What I mean by curly or wavy, uh, it would be kind of wave a little there, or it was kind of curly. I call it about the same myself. Yeah, I think his hair was fairly straight, if I'm not mistaken. Otis says it could have been because he had hair tonic on his hair, you know, and uh, it was kind of, yeah. <laughs> he was kind of a sweaty, sweaty a little bit. Was he wearing a hat? No, which that's a big deal because the whole thing is about Adam's hat he was wearing. He was wearing a hat. Exactly. Which will come up when we do our possible false flag review of those documents and the hat as well. Okay, um, and why why would the cop even mention is he wearing a hat instead of just saying, "Can you re do you remember what the child was wearing? wearing right. Like head to toe. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. Me too. Uh, it, you know, we're not in 1981, you know. I guess. So in 1981, they didn't have brains? Is that what you're trying to say? I, I don't know. You know, we're not in the police field either. So we, we don't really know. <laughs> uh, was he wearing a hat? No. Did he have a hat with him? No, he didn't. You're saying that the, the clothing was also scattered throughout the highway where parts of the body were? Because I kept trying to, because they wasn't, uh, I did notice the blood being, being on the back seat when, uh, after we cut up the kid, you know, I did notice there was some blood and I kept trying to wipe it off with the clothes. If you cut up a child in the back of a car, there's going to be a lot more blood than to wipe up with a couple, with the child's clothes, I hate to tell you. And then that never even was part of the later confession uh, at all. Uh, did Henry keep like mementos of uh, his victims, the chi the children he killed, like parts of clothing or something to remember each incident by? No, of course not. Did you? Because a certain, I, the, the normal track record is that they do. So even Dahmer and whatever. So these, these two are just the, you know, the most unique, you know, of, of their kind. Okay. Right. No. Did you, did you, if it was something like jewelry or something like that, if it was jewelry or something like that, he would keep something like that. Do you know what a mile marker is? A mile marker? Yeah. <laughs> On the interstate. Like when you take 95. <laughs> oh, that's on the side. Yeah. They have these little signs that say mile marker 10, mile marker dot, dot, dot. Oh yeah, that's a mile marker, right? That's how many miles the road is. 
All right. Do you remember seeing a mile marker indicating how far you drove from before Henry threw that head out? And you say it was still daylight when you threw the head out. Now, this is what I mean. Now, now this is what I mean by a turnpike. Right. That's what I mean by a turnpike. <laughs> They're talking to him like he's five years old. I mean, well, now look, I, I know he was slow. He was slow. He was slow so. but, but I want to bring something up, and I wish that I had found this because I didn't know this would come up tonight. But there is a Henry Lee Lucas interview where Henry is stating very clearly, you all are idiots. Like, everyone's saying that Otis Tool was this idiot and everything, and he was the smartest one out of all of us. Henry even goes to the length of stating that Otis Tool was the one to bring him in to all of this stuff, which, I mean, these are a bunch of criminals, you know, telling each other. But still, the point remains that Otis Tool is not this, like, Again, narrative painted in the picture, you know, or painted painted narrative, excuse me, in picture that has been put out about him. This guy was not like, you know, drooling on himself, Spectre. You know, like th- this is not, right. he was very functional. He was very smart. He mocked it. We saw him speak very, you know, fluently to the police and loved it, you know. So um, we have to. Yeah, and I think. That. Yeah, and I think once we get into a couple more videos later, you're going to see that. Like, he's yeah. he's very, it's not like he's just coming up with stuff on a whim. He is definitely calculating. Very um, calculated, and, like, and yeah. he gets off on it. He's playing games Absolutely. with everybody. They both yeah. were. Lucas, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah. So, for the record, this photograph that you're looking at looks similar to the highway. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gina, you sprung this one on me. I totally haven't read this in probably like two years. Uh, I'm going to reread it. So the detective says, the questioner says, yes, or yeah. So for the record, this photograph that you're you're looking at looks similar to the highway that you and Henry traveled the day you abducted that child. Yeah, you miss part, you miss part of that. Yeah, it does. It does look like. Nah, I didn't pay no attention to no markers, but uh, which in Florida, the side of the road with all that looks the same everywhere. Everywhere. Um, But this road does look similar to the road that you traveled with Henry. Yeah, almost. Do me a favor. Just initial this photograph to show me that it's a photograph that looked like the road you traveled on. Kind of looks like it. This pen's about out of ink. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be a fly. Can't make it up. Okay, I know, I know. know Sorry, guys, but you know, we kind of are a fly on the wall when you're reading this, you know. Really, really. It's okay. Here you go. Tape two. Uh, well, that does. But he did have kind of. He did have a blue blue shirt on. All right. We don't know that was just something we found laying around and we took a photograph of it to let you look at it it could mean (laughs) nothing at all so he's looking at this photograph that they're showing as an example and then he says oh yeah that's the blue shirt we took the kid in and the detective's like well but that's just the example we're showing you oh my god i'll take a note of that is that is that what we're reading here uh read that again that is so critical 
Oh my okay. gosh, that is unbelievable. Well, that does, but he did have kind of, he did have a blue, blue shirt on. All right, we don't know that was just, all right, we don't know. That was just something we found laying around and we took a photograph of it to let you take a look at it. It could mean nothing at all. Wow. Otis says, but that, uh, the questioner says, now you're saying it was daylight when you threw the head out of the vehicle. Is that correct? So they just skip over that. But I was, I was looking to see where, was there anybody coming, you know? Uh-huh. You can sling things pretty far, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get, I mean, and we saw the band, like the tone already of him before. Right. So that, you know, that's, I think why you and I might be, mm -hmm. you know, finding it hard to keep a straight face. I mean, this guy's like having a ball. Um, did you get did you get out of did you get out of the car to sling the head or did he stay in the car and throw the head? Sometimes he would stop and sometimes we didn't stop. So now they're slinging multiple heads. Is that? <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, what are they like spring so training or something for pitchers? I, like, this is crazy. You know, as much as this guy gets off watching fires burn down buildings, um, I think he's getting way more out of this than he oh, was he fires. No, he, I mean, we have him on on you know video saying you guys read way too many books ha 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 you the public are so stupid and you police are I've, so stupid yeah like, i've got hey, that video of him saying that good coming up. okay um all right uh well well when he threw the head out what did he do uh he was driving or was he stopped well if you really wanted to sling something far enough you would stop Sometimes we stopped, you know, when we, uh, Otis, do you, uh, answer, throw different parts out. Concerning the head, which would be the most important part at this juncture, was the car stopped and the head was thrown or was the car moving? The car was stopped. The car was stopped? Yeah. Okay. Inaudible. Inaudible is always interesting. Does this photograph refresh your memory any bit? Inaudible. That's another angle of the That's... same photograph. That's the same highway that you uh, initial initialed the other photograph on. So I'm sorry, I can't see. Uh, this is a canal alongside the turnpike. Oh. Sorry. Got a hold of it. Did you think we could have been driving close enough? And, well, I don't know. I wasn't there. We're asking you, Otis. We don't know. We weren't there. <laughs> or were they? I didn't say that. Well, I would recognize the kid. Yeah. All these are just the pictures. All took different places, ain't it? Yeah, I just want to see what your memory's like. I'm going to show you a picture here for a minute Otis see if you recognize this picture pause I don't think so no I don't think that's the kid though 
And that's the theme we see with the picture when people are asked from the day of the mall, you know, is this the kid right. that you saw? And they're like, no, we don't think so. None of them recognized Adam from his picture. Um, let's see. You don't think so? Uh, Yuda had no problem remembering who this kid was, or do you think you were just too intoxicated to remember at the time? You're not intoxicated now. We know that. Uh, it could have been because I was too uh, effed up in the head, you know. I'm, I'm ain't really sure. But he's not saying he was intoxicated. Okay. Hmm. You're not sure, okay? I'm not really sure. How many people do you think Henry's killed? You mean how many people Henry killed altogether? Yeah, that you actually witnessed him kill. You mean grown people and all? Yeah, kids, grown people, the whole thing. I'd say a couple hundred. A couple hundred? Does that does the sight of blood make you sick? Uh, I don't like that. Uh, I'm just asking a question, Otis. Did Henry ever go back and dig up the bodies of any of the people that he killed or go back to the bodies that he killed? I imagine he I imagine he has, but I haven't. But you, like, but you, like you said, you told Detective Terry you only remember one incident of a child being taken from a Sears mall. Yeah, that you and Henry participated in? What was this kid taken from? He says, Henry says that. What was this kid taken from? This, this was in the Sears mall? He was taken from the Sears mall? These all have oh question my, marks oh after Oh, my God. Those listening. So Henry's saying that if the question says that you and Henry participated in the answer from Oz is what was this kid taken from? The, the detective or whoever says this was in the Sears Mall? Question mark. And Oz is saying he was taken from the Sears Mall? Question mark. That's correct. It it's almost like you think somebody wrote this like on the side, like, okay, we're just going to make something up and this is going to be fun. Like you would never think this actually happened. Mc, uh, Red chief one eleven said leading. Yeah. Red chief said leading questions while planting seeds. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like to me. And this is okay. So this is the Hollywood department. And I got to say what, you know, we, we try to get all the facts out here. Your dad was not pleased with the Hollywood department, supposedly and their investigation of the crimes. So if if this is one of his reasons for not being happy about it, then I could see his point on this. So I'll just throw right. that out like there. there. Yes, there, there's many aspects to his opposition. So questions from there. Like, was he originally genuine in it? And he's actually coming out like we all are and calling out judges or calling out the police and you know, maybe he was a victim or he was groomed into a lifestyle that, you know, made him susceptible or targeted for this, him and my mother. Um, and he was fooled too. Or at what point did he, you know, switch over from, you know, fighting against these, you know, which we'll see in the, in the Adam movie reviews and, and things when we do that episode um, where he is speaking out and, and really talking about great things that even we're trying to change these days. I mean, it's not, we're not, you know, saying that it's all bad or anything, but then also we see again, what, at what point did this switch from him genuinely fighting and, and saying the facts to now these agendas and different things that aren't serving us and are endangering us um, and our children. Um, 
you know, so there's many different angles that come up from, you know, the, from the, these facts, right. And seeing these things, you're saying, okay, is this something that preexisted because of his connections? Was this something that he was groomed into and then somehow switched up on him? Uh, you know, so we want, I, I, I'm going in circles now at this point, but I want the audience to really keep those kind of things in mind, I guess. And, no, we need to explore every option and every angle. So I think that's really good that you laid that out. All right. So it says, where were we? Detective. Okay. They, uh, yeah, all the questions. <laughs> that's correct. And for the record, uh, you did not identify the photograph from the flyer that he, that we have on a missing child in the Adam Walsh case. And that was, uh, and that was the Adam Walsh child. Yeah. And you're telling us that you don't recognize those photographs as being him. There's also questions. Who was the little boy? Again, our false flag episode coming up, we'll be asking who was the little boy at the mall that day. If there was a little boy at the mall that day. Um, all right. So maybe that was because I was drunk and I ain't drunken now. All right. Okay. Wait, D didn't just earlier, they asked him if he was intoxicated. He said he didn't recall. Yeah. So he's saying, now he's saying maybe he was. So, I mean, this just shows like the indecision and the inconsistencies in Otis's mind. And I don't know how you can take this report. And I mean, we're going to, there's more, but I don't know how you could look at this and then say, is this guy credible or not? Right. And then we, if you're the cop, the then we even have the records from him being taken to the Hollywood police department before he was taken around to show them the scenes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the transporters even talk about how he was taken by the Hollywood police into a different room for quite some time and then returned reunited with them who had transported him from Jacksonville, I believe it was at the time. And then they took him out to, for him to show them you know, the different locations, which were also have their own discrepancies in themselves. So, you know, that's another point, I guess I, it's, you know, coming up right now, I didn't think it would come up till later, but you know, we have to be looking at the fact of what we know, you know, we know that CPS or, you know, child protective services or whatever it was at that time, you know, did have a connection. We know that they are trafficking children. We know that law, you know, police departments in the corrupt, you know, uh, percentages of them not I'm not saying all are bad but in the corruption within police departments and it can be in a, you know a good bit of a department or leads or you know the the higher ups if you will um, we do know that you know there is corruption within that there is drug trafficking uh, that goes hand in hand with human and child trafficking so we need to be thinking about these different aspects not just going oh this is the almighty police uh, you know, that are doing such a great job. And that goes back to my dad questioning them, you know, like we see with uh, when the judge actually made the decision to allow uh, James Campbell's deposition in the Sears case because of the fact that it fundamentally showed a, a big reason why this child would have gone missing. And that was based on the lifestyle of the parents and what was going on with these house, this house boy, younger lover, the drugs, the, uh, you know, seemingly open relationships, you know, the, the people in and out of the house, uh, you know, drugs that were admitted to, you know, openly and all of that. So, um, you know, again, I digress. Yeah. 
I could go on and on. So I try to stop myself, guys. But that's no, uh, good. A uh, couple things in the chat. McBray said, and what could the inaudible be? What explanation could be there be for an inaudible clip or recording? Okay, well, it is 1983. And I will say, I remember I had when I was using cassette tapes and taping things off the radio or whatever, or even my own voice, there was a lot of like, you know, they just weren't the highest quality, some of the tapes. So I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, and honest, I'm going to let you, you can, you can, you can react right after this. I got one more thing to say about it. So the other thing is all the audio you're going to hear of Otis tool tonight. He is a hard individual to understand. Um, I actually, I actually tried to edit the audio to make it better. So this is like the best quality I could get of him. Get him his voice. Yeah, right yeah. So I'm, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to like cover for these guys. I'm just saying it could very well be an, an inaudible yeah, was, thing. And I these are cassettes. It's not. Danielle wanted to know if they were video. No, this is only audio. So these are transcripts yeah, directly from the tapes. To be devil's advocate, because we have to be the observer of self and situations in the world. And I will also bring in, you know, experience. But you know, as we as we see inaudible used as well, uh, in in other ways. Is that how we're putting it to cover things, or if truth was yes. put or said, or a response that wasn't favorable? Maybe that's the best way to put it. If a well, I will say favorable we get a lot of inaudible could be the other yeah i think that there's only been i think so far in this transcript one inaudible that could have been something important as far as the other ones i think you can kind of just fill in the blank you kind of know what he was trying to say so that's why i'm saying okay i'll give them the benefit of the doubt trust me i'm on the other side of this with you guys i know everybody's disagreeing with but i i get it i do understand yes i do understand why they use inaudible quite a bit we see that oftentimes with politicians when they're in depositions and things like that so yeah okay let's continue i've seen it in my own and yours that's true which uh yeah okay I'll, i'll stop myself all right uh all right so that's correct Okay, so he's the question is, and you're telling us that you don't recognize those photographs as being him. The answer, maybe that was because I was drunk and I ain't drunk now. We just want to make sure, you know, we're not confusing you with someone else. We don't want to put, uh, we don't want to put words in your mouth. You're telling us that not the child you abducted, that's fine. That's all. We don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. That's a lot of reiteration, but okay. Um, especially for an officer and uh, or detective. And you do admit that you abducted some child from a Sears mall approximately two years ago. <laughs> oh yeah. My God. And you killed that child? Yeah. Oh my God. And the head was decapitated? Yeah. And you took approximately, you said anywhere from three to four blows to the back of the head? Yeah. To chop it off? Yeah. And Henry was the one who did that while you held the child. And the child was on his stomach. Is that correct? I mean, wow. We haven't talked about that yet, had we? Yeah, that's right. Do you know where that head went that Henry threw out of the car? Did you go on the side of the road or where? No answer. 
Otis, let me ask you this. Before the child was murdered, okay, uh, did you or Henry, did you have to slap him? Punch him. This is, in okay, the face? this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. This I can't even take it anymore. The narrative that Otis, <laughs> this is, all becomes the narrative this that everyone is so has stupid. This is the years. dumbest thing ever. Are you kidding me? They're planning, look, every crime supposedly that happened oh, that he did, no. they're telling him this is what you did. Like, it's ridiculous. No this is deposition absolutely is he giving this account by himself. No deposition is he giving this account. And this is now in 83, okay? And you don't think that over the years that he had time to perfect the story and then they revisited Joe Matthews? The one polygraphing and clearing everyone and from the Miami Homicide Corrupt Department already doing nonverbal interrogation techniques and, you know, hypnotizing everyone. What is it? The people that actually might know the truth or saw something, then you have witnesses come forward so you can cherry pick them out and hypnotize them. I mean, so your narrative stays out, which was also very known. Anyone that was calling the Hollywood police or going there. And had a narrative that was not what was already put out in the media. They were either ignored or the ones that were there initially were brought in like the security guard and hypnotized. I want to know who the head of security was for Sears at that time. And being across from the Hollywood Police Department, did he have any connections with the Hollywood police? Yeah. Especially and what we call with catalogs and Sears and JCPenney's and everything. And and the head of the security uh, kiosk was in the children's section. That's what I was just going to say. It was it was adjacent to the to right where Adam was. So and you had then the whole the security guard is told to first of all it said that she had an abortion the day before and she was 17. So when you're 17 you have an abortion, you're not at work the next day. No. To tell you you're not a security guard walking around Sears. So then she's there and she is sent home by the head of security, sends her home and says, go home and change into an auto department outfit and go come back and you're going to be working in that department for the rest of the day. Which Sears also had this, happened to be having this huge sale. Remember the emphasis on the lamp. So it was the lamp sale. It was a big sale at Sears, which would bring a lot of people there which normally wouldn't be there if it wasn't for a sale. Uh, that would create more distractions and more chaos, more controversy. So, so on and so forth. I digress. Uh, I love right. when you digress. I, you know, it's it, there's that and I digress happen a lot, guys. So I guess <laughs> those are my... <laughs> All right. Otis, uh, let me ask you this. Before the child was murdered, okay... Uh, did you or Henry, did you have to slap, oh, we did that. Did you have to slap him, punch him in the face or do anything like that? Hit him in the eye, hit him to keep him quiet. Do you remember that? Yeah, I had to slap the kid. Do you remember where you struck the child? Do you remember what part of the body in the face? Um, I'd say in the face. Because I remember slapping the kid. Slapping him. Did you ever punch him or hit him with something? I could have hit the kid in the stomach, too, or in the eye. Or let me show you something here. At this time, uh, Otis, <laughs> tell me if you oh recognize this photograph. 
which photograph is that like potatoes there are so many misspellings in this i'm i'm a big spelling guy so <laughs> i'm Me irritated too. even though i do typos all the time oh my god okay um when henry throwed that kid he must uh pause do you okay so the detective again for those that might be lost a little bit do you recognize any of those photographs I showed you? Long pause. Since since that the kid's head wet it oh, so he's saying like since the kid's head is wet, it does kind of look like the kid's some. Since the <laughs> head's wet, you mean? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I said since the kids, the kid's hair looks wet. He does. It does kind of look like the kid so i'm assuming that that's them showing him the pictures of the head yeah yeah um which was decomposed and which okay but okay so he's looking at the hair he says yeah it does kind of look like the kid because his hair's wet well how much hair was on this head it wasn't like a full head of hair was it I don't know. I got an email from one of the psychics that was hanging out with them while they're doing all this, and she said that the hair was actually dyed red on the Red, head. yeah, I remember that. No one knew really about that. Hmm. So who the heck knows? Um, all right. I mean, this is so, four, 14 days. It was basically 14 days in the canal, and we, we went over that last week with the decomposition and all that, and supposedly there was still skin kind of hanging on the skull. I mean, not to be gross or anything, but um, but I mean, I mean I how much there was a good amount of hair? I'm not uh, saying like, I think I've seen some, I've seen a couple of the pictures. We haven't put them up or anything yet, but mm -hmm. I've seen a couple of the pictures and I mean, they're very, they're like, again, those like Xerox copy looking. Photos. Yeah. They're really hard to see. Um, but I mean, of course there was hair, but I don't think like, I, I don't think that like, that's like a, a determining factor either though. Like you're, you're showing pictures. No. Well, okay, here's the thing. If his hair was styled at the time, and the pictures we see of Adam, his hair is like, you know, medium length, let's just say. And it was combed, it was groomed. Well, if you've been in a, you know, a canal for two weeks, <laughs> are you going to tell me you'd be able to recognize someone by their hair? If they're, yeah. obviously it wasn't blow dried and, you know, and, and gelled and whatever, or hairspray. I mean, come on, it's like, I don't even understand. And, yeah, uh, it makes no sense decomposing right you can't see but john monahan also didn't recognize the, the head at first mm -hmm. um there's something i was gonna say that and i forgot but anyways these uh let's see these photographs that you oh i was going to say one other thing that's you know side note but you know regarding the head that was found there's huge discrepancy because Adam was missing his front teeth and the head that was actually found had one of the front teeth already almost halfway through the gums and your teeth do not grow post mortem. Yeah. Post mortem. Right. These photographs, uh, that you've just viewed, you're saying that it looks possibly like the kid that you abducted. Yeah. But you're not definite hundred percent positive. Um, because the kid was sweaty in the parking lot and his hair was all, was all sweaty. So if he was, okay, so, so he's saying he's walking out and he's outside, I guess, cause of the heat, he could have been sweating. Okay. 
All right, so the sweaty hair and the wet hair, I guess, okay, that makes a little more sense. Not a lot, but a little more. I, I, I don't, but uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, right. So, right, like Detective <laughs> Hoffman and Tool talking same time. Yeah, and you indicated that you don't read newspapers and you don't watch the television or anything. So, like, are you the perfect guy for us to use? Sorry, that's that's what I just heard. <laughs> um, what about Henry? Does Henry watch TV or read anything? Any of the papers? No. So neither one of you would be familiar with any newscasts that were broadcast about a missing child from the Hollywood, Florida area. Is that correct? You wouldn't have any idea about that. That is this jury selection? Okay. That they were looking for this child and that there was a reward out for this child. Is that correct? Long pause, notably. See, it looks more like the kid than them other pictures because his hair is more, it ain't, uh, yeah, probably about the same. You know what I mean? Detective. But you're a hundred percent, you're a hundred positive percent. Wow. Is that a new thing? That's, that's more than a hundred percent. You're a hundred positive. hundred plus. hundred plus positive. A hundred positive percent. We need to make a t-shirt. I'm a hundred positive percent in your own mind, in your own mind, that the child was lying face down when his head was decapitated. Oh, Lord. Well, the kid could have been turned all kinds of ways, but you remember, but you remember him being when you held him down? Yeah. When Henry first hit him with the knife or machete type knife, he was face down. So this is the first time also that this is coming up like machete, by the way. Right. Or earlier, it was just a knife. Is it a hunting knife? Is it in a sheath? It was never like, do you, did you guys have a freaking machete? Um, yeah, you just were kind of fuzzy as far as the actual highway you were on. And it seems that you're not really sure what highway you were on when you stopped the first time when this, when this incident took place. Right. Right. Do you have any idea how you could possibly find out or document where you were during the summer of 1981? Oh, no. Just kidding. Henry was in jail <laughs> the summer of 1981 in the month of July. Yeah, like July 1981. July of 1981. Uh, July. I wasn't here. Huh? I wasn't here. Well, you know, you weren't here in jail. I mean, I wasn't uh, I wasn't here in Jacksonville. Uh, okay, do you remember where you were? Can you relate the summer of 81 with anything? Were you where you may have been? Summer of 81, July? Let's see, June comes after May. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. May, June, July. I could have, <laughs> could have been down there. You could have been in the Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. Is there any way, is it possible to find out where you were or is there any way we could? I can't prove that I was there in July. 
you can't prove, I can't prove that I was there in July. You can't prove where you were at? Okay, I want you to do me a favor. At this time, uh, these photographs that you reviewed and thought looked like the child that you and Henry abducted, which didn't happen, can you initial the back of these photographs? This doesn't mean that you're absolutely sure, Otis. We just, because we allowed you to look at these particular photographic prints, we want you to just sign the back of them. Yeah, he says. Do you think Henry would be more clear on the dates and uh, the highways and something like that than you were? Well, see, the reason I was saying that, see, my mother, she died in May. May of 81? May of 81. Oh, that's all right. Uh, you correlate to that. Inaudible. She died in May of 81, the 16th. Okay, then she was buried. When was she buried? The 19th. Okay, May 19th, she was buried. What did you do after that when she was buried? No answer. Okay, we can take it from that step. From the time that you had the funeral, what did you do? Pause. Well, you think he's not answering these for real? I don't know what's going on with... Well, you had the long pause before, too. So is he, like, calculating in his mind what he's going to answer? Because he's trying not to get caught in his what lies. Do, what did you do after she was buried? No mm -hmm. answer. Yeah. Take your time. We'll go through this together. Well, it looks like the the kid, I mean, he remembers the date she died and everything. Um, he's very choosy on what he remembers and doesn't. Yes. Well, it does look like the kid since the head, his hair. All right, let's go back. Let's take one thing for uh, for the record. Let's make one thing for the record. You're not considering the photographs so much as you're considering that it looks like him because his hair is wet, right? Yeah. Okay, after your mother's funeral, May 19th, what did you and Henry do? Do you remember that? Well, we went out west and then we came back. Okay, okay, in May, you started to go out west. There's May, we didn't stay in Jacksonville after, too long after mama died. Okay, there's May and there's June. Right, the detective says. And when you say you went to the west coast, you went to California after your mother's funeral. Uh, Otis says, we went, uh, we went out west. Yeah, we went all in Texas and out in Texas. So again, there's these Texas connections and John Walsh and Bush and everybody else. Um, do you remember how long you were gone from Jacksonville? I would say we couldn't have been gone uh, between six, six weeks and a month. Okay, six weeks. So that will put it all of June would be four weeks and the last two weeks of May. And I took my niece and my nephew with me. Okay, what's their names? Uh, Frida and Frank, but Frida, she's dead. Yeah, because Henry killed her. Okay. Oh, he says right. she's dead. Right. She's dead. And who's the Henry killed Frida? Okay, why'd he kill Frida? Uh, he killed her out in Texas and this and this, this murder deal. Yeah, murder deal. Inaudible. And after the deal, part statement that it's inaudible. Just point it out. And who was your niece, the other nephew or niece? Uh, Frida Powell. Uh, 
who's the other one? My nephew, Frank Powell. Frank Powell, is he alive? He's in a juvenile down the state. In Florida? Yeah. Where? Auburndale. Right up in Auburndale. Terry, Terry can tell you more where he's at than I can. Frank Powell? Okay, Frank Powell? Because uh, Terry talked to him. How old is Frank? Uh, I maybe, I say maybe 13, 14 years old. And he went to Texas with you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was Auburndale, Florida. Is that Auburndale, Florida? Avondale, Avondale, Florida. Avondale, Florida? Okay. So let's figure this out. You were going to go for six weeks that would put it right near the end of June. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the beginning of July, you return to Jacksonville. Is that correct? Yeah. We came back to Jacksonville. Okay. And you're back from Texas and you're in Jacksonville, June, around June. Yeah. Now you remember where you sent from there after you came back from Texas. Well, we did go down the states, you know, Florida. Yes. That's when you started traveling the state of Florida. Okay. Is that the time period after you came back from Texas that you think you came down to Broward County, Fort Lauderdale area? Yeah, that would put the summer that would put the summer of 1981. Yeah. Um, that you were, uh, that you're positive about. You're not talking January of 81. It was definitely after your mother's death, after my mother's death and after you returned from Texas. All right. Maybe I can help you just highlight things. Oh, when, you take, when you take the boy. Yeah. Maybe I can help you just highlight things. When you take the boy, you and Henry take the boy from the parking lot. Yeah. How much time... Uh, from that time, he's in the car. Did you get on the interstate where there's no more traffic lights? Was it within three to five minutes or 10 minutes? It could have been about 10 minutes. Okay, but you definitely were on the interstate then. No traffic lights. No traffic lights. And you went north about an hour and a half. Yes. Sounds like you're on Interstate 95, but I can't be sure. It could be. I'm not sure of that. Which 95 runs parallel to the turnpike as well. So that, okay. Uh, just facts, just, just some side information. Um, all right. Was the boy giving you a hard time in the front seat while other cars were going by to see the boy in the car? which all of this again is the eventually adds up to eventually the narrative that Otis tool, you know, mm -hmm. passed him after he's dead gets tried, you know, this is the whole entire setup. It said he was taken, he got slapped, you know, this was, he was giving him a hard time. I mean, he literally just took these things that are being apparently fed to him. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Cutting up but the windows were all locked. Did you have air conditioning in the car? Yeah, I had air conditioning. So nobody can hear if you got the windows up on the car and you got the air conditioner on. Henry did make this kid, didn't make this kid before he killed him. What does that mean? Uh, in the car, oh, perform. Okay, guess that's gonna answer that. Uh, 
Henry didn't make this kid before he killed him in the car perform oral sex on him or anything like that. No. Did he make the kid masturbate him? Huh? Jack him off. Anything like that. Sexual. No. It wasn't until after he murdered the kid that he, not until after he murdered the kid, I know what you mean by oral sex, that that can be any kind of sex. Yeah, the detective says. Uh, Otis says it could mean blowjob or, yeah, right, you know. Otis says F him in his, you know what? The uh, detective says, yeah, right. Did, did Henry F him or anything like that? No. Uh, uh, the case seems to bother you, Otis. I've noticed that. I mean, you don't get emotionally upset. It's a thing that's really been in your mind bothering you for a long time. Some of the questions that Jack and I asked you, I've noticed that you seem that they seem to bother you. And I and I bring this up to you because I think there's there's there are things you'd probably like to tell Jack and I that maybe you're ashamed to tell us. Now, Otis, we're not angry with you. Otis says, oh, I don't go. I don't go the kids myself. Yeah, well, you, you know, I mean, Otis says a kid couldn't do me no good. If I am homosexual, a kid couldn't do me no good. And then we also see for a second, I'll say that in the letter that was published in my dad's book, Tears of Rage, um, that was allegedly from Otis Toole. And he wrote, you know, my dad would rant about how uh, Stool wrote him this horrible letter saying the horrific things that he did to Adam sexually, uh, be, you know, before he killed him in the letter itself. We should pull that up, you know, another time. I wish we had for tonight. But uh, it's it's stating that Otis is stating in this letter that he did all these sexual things to Adam. You know, he raped him and they was screaming for his mommy before he killed him. And all this stuff, which then we even furthermore find out, you know, versus what he's saying here. And then we furthermore find out that that letter that was actually written wasn't even written by Tool, it was written by his cellmate or whatnot. So there's just mm. like side notes to when we're when we're looking at all this. Um, all right. Uh, but Henry liked kids or yeah, that's not your preference. Yeah. But Henry liked children. Yeah. Henry liked kids. Otis, which again, the the guy that was never even there to begin with, he's been locked up the whole time throughout this confession. Um, Otis, the reason I brought this up is I feel that there might be some areas that maybe you'd like to tell us about some of the things that went on and are kind of reluctant. And maybe you think that we'd be upset. We're not, sorry, excuse me. We're not gonna be upset with you. We're quite pleased uh, that you're cooperating and are willing to talk with us about the case. Let me ask you this. When you had the child in the car, did you have to stop for the restroom or stop to get something to eat or give the child something to eat? Do you remember anything like that? Or you made no stops until you killed him? No, no stops, no area where you pulled off. Okay. Could you be seen by other cars on the highway when you pulled off? Inaudible. No, no. Where you killed the child. Could other cars see you at all? They could have seen us throw things out, you know? Yeah, but they probably thought it was trash or something. 
but the location where you killed the child, where you actually removed his head from the car, uh, and he was decapitated, could you could you be seen from the highway by other cars passing cars? Because again, he's saying this is like during the day, right? They're like driving up there. They get to Jacksonville that night. Uh, uh, where we killed the kid at? Yeah. Or was this dirt road off the highway where no one could see you? It wasn't too far off, off the highway. Could you see the cars passing as you were holding the child down? Uh, not down. Well, you know, when you were holding him to the ground. Not when you're holding the kid down to, not when you're holding the kid down to the ground. Could you hear the cars behind you passing in traffic? I imagine you could hear the, uh, I imagine you could hear, like they're talking about a possible scenario. I really didn't pay no attention to traffic. Okay, well, weren't you worried about somebody seeing you? Not out there, no. This is a very important question I'm going to ask you concerning this area. This may help you to have a better understanding of it. When you pulled off the interstate, there's a ramp. You always have to go on a ramp to get off of the interstate. Yeah, Otis says. Okay, when you get off the interstate on the ramp, did you follow the road to the right and then find the dirt road? Or did you make a left-hand turn and then find the dirt road? <laughs> what is this, GPS? How much oh more God. of this do I have to read? Like, I It's almost to... done. I... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's getting painful. Sorry, guys. Um, was it a farm area off the Sunshine State Parkway? Huh? Was it a farm area off the Sunshine State Parkway? Like orange groves? Yeah, there was an orange grove. <laughs> Gosh. Do you recall passing an orange grove? You're in Florida. Of course. They're everywhere. Indian River County, there's like orange, okay, when I was growing up, there was like orange groves on every block, I mean, we used to party in them, okay, yes, before the divided part, before you stopped, I didn't notice that, let me ask you this, uh, I says, I get my mind jarred, okay, after killing the child, why didn't Henry and you just leave the child on the side there or in a canal what was the reason for chopping him up and distributing the body throughout the highway what was the reason which later then he said that he put the rest of the body in a refrigerator mm -hmm. in his mother's backyard and set right. it on fire. so um what was the reason whose idea was that which they never found any of those remains and none of that was true either um answer we've done that before with other people question yeah but what's the reason for that why not just leave the bodies where they are like that answer well we have left some bodies right and some of the time i reckon his his anger would make him chop him up more you know uh was he more angry than you were M more more uh disposed of the body uh Otis says so you wouldn't so they couldn't discover find the child is that the reason to cut him up so they couldn't discover this kid and he would just be considered another missing person just saying when things happen to kids they're just said they're just missing uh and just and he just rode along in the car and used his child this child's head to give him a blowjob henry did 
Yeah. Uh, it says, was it in the back seat or the front seat? He was in the front seat. Did he often do things like that, Henry? Uh, it says he f dead women after they're dead. Yeah, the detective says after he done killed them, and neither you or Henry kept anything as a memento of this child's killing. Exactly, that does not make sense if it's true, and it's not true because Henry wasn't even there. So this guy's just being super gross. Um, you didn't take nothing back home, clothing or anything like that. None of his shoes or anything like that. No. He was wearing socks, the child. He was he was wearing socks. I'll say he was wearing socks. Another thing, because it's very noted how Adam had thong sandals on mm -hmm. that day and no socks. I was just uh, going to say he, that. He was undressed before the head was cut off or after? After. Do you know where the clothes are? This was two years ago. You say you take drugs and pills and smoke marijuana. So possibly you're also not 100% positive. See, this is a targeted for like they literally took him and they're like, see, you, you take pills and you drink. And so maybe you don't know all these things. So we're just going to help you. We're helping you. We're helping you close this case for us. Just kidding. Okay. I digress. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's been two years and you've been under the influence of drugs and things like that. No, it is possibly you're confusing it with other murders also. Could be possible. Apparently anything's no possible. Any, I mean, he's just, yeah, possible, sure, maybe, sounds good. Inaudible. <laughs> but there's no... <laughs> But there's no doubt about you and Henry abducting, but there's no doubt about you and Henry abducting the child from the Sears Mall a couple years ago that you're that you're a hundred percent positive. Yeah, a hundred percent positive. He says. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna see his mannerisms. Wait, too. isn't it a hundred positive? Positive what was it before? Hundred positive percent. Yeah. Hundred positive percent. percent. See, he got it right over the detective. The yes. The one that put 100 positive percent. And at least I Who's the smart one now? 100% positive. What did you say? Who's the smart one now? I know. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm telling you. I don't think Interstate 95 goes an hour and a half. Well, maybe I was just guessing at the time. That's something my dad always says. You're just guessing. Could... Uh, could be, you know, could be inaudible. When you and Henry travel together, you've been all over the country, you said. Who decides on the route you're taking? What highways you take? Do you have a map? Do you use a map when you're traveling? Uh, not all the time. Sometimes yeah and sometimes no. Okay, you're familiar with the state of Florida. You lived in Jacksonville all your life, correct? Well, if I go in west, I go all the way, 10, you know. Okay, but traveling north and south, you only have two options. Is that correct? Yes, it's 95 in the turnpike. Uh, if, if you want to get to, and he said, the detective says turnpike. Uh, I says Miami, you can go A1A all the way. Okay, that's kind of true. Right. So he knows. Again, Otis knows. <laughs> okay. Right. 
uh, it will take you all the way. And that's the other route. I'd say 95, a certain amount. The detective says, yeah, a certain amount, uh, a certain amount. Because 95 breaks off somewhere, uh, it's the same, but I can't remember exactly where it is. Detective, that's, that's correct. It breaks off, it's not complete. That's what I was saying. It doesn't go all the way down. It breaks off in Fort Pierce. Uh, now, at what point did you get on the Sunshine Parkway? Was it after I-95 broke off in, in Broward County, or would it be north of us, West Palm Beach? Uh, that could be possible, yeah. Wasn't that an and-or question? Was it Broward, or would it be north, or would it be north of us, West Palm? Yeah, that could be possible. Sounds good. Okay. All I'm trying to do, Otis, I'm trying to piece together that day to try to help you, try to help you to find where you were actually at. Were you on the Sunshine Parkway, which we call the Turnpike, or were you on the Interstate 95 for some distance and then Sunshine Parkway? Yeah, I see what you're talking about. You're talking to get me, you're trying to get me to figure out myself as was we on the turnpike or were, or we was on 95. Sorry, I'm not good at this kind of lingo reading the, the talk. Gino, you said this was almost over. We would, you're on mute. I can't hear you. Nope. Sorry, sorry. This is ridiculous. Yes. I think yeah. we get the point. Like, is there we get the point. Significant you'd like to bring out is because I'm just no, no, no. Around. I think it's important. I just no, thought it was very important that that get told, because all of it's nonsense. I mean, you, everybody in the audience pretty much is like, "What is going on? This is ridiculous." I when I first read that, I remember when. Well, I I just I think this is very important that Otis Tool was the main target, and he did become. The guy, like he's the fall guy. They gave him the crime and murder solved. We can all move on and, and have a happy life and whatever. Um, but as we see, he's led pretty much the whole investigation or interrogation of the, at this point. Um, and then there's other documents, which we won't go into because it's just way too much reading. Um, I mean, there's like four or five different interviews and they're all the same. It's the same type of questioning the same things reiterated. It's almost like, and then his mind changes. It's like, first it was this, then it's that. And I think that's so important to understand because most people that don't know anything about your brother's disappearance would just say, oh yeah, I heard it was solved back in, you know, 2014 or whatever. That's wonderful. But we're, we're here to tell you folks, we don't think it was solved. We think there's lots of different possibilities and that's why we want your help. If there's anybody out there that happens to know any information about this case, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you could do it anonymously. You could come on the show and talk if you'd like, but we would love to hear from people that have, maybe maybe you're an older gentleman or an older lady and you were around back in the early 80s, mid 80s, and you know something that we don't or something we haven't found in, the, in these files. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely yeah. love to. And there's there are people that know. Yeah, so you're not alone if you do. There's people that have really come forward and given some good information from growing up or knowing people around it. Yes. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's play. This is the press conference from, I believe it's 2014, and this is when Otis Toole is formally announced as the murderer. Now, by the way, he had died in 96. 
So this is 18 years later that he's being accused of this murder. Dead men don't talk. Consistent with the opinions of investigators, past and present, I agree with the ultimate conclusion of this independent investigation that Otis Toole was the perpetrator of this crime. With the acknowledgement that our investigation placed Otis Toole in Hollywood, Florida, at or near the time of Adam's abduction, along with the multiple confessions countered by several subsequent recantations, our agency has devoted an inordinate amount of time seeking leads to other potential perpetrators rather than emphasizing Otis Toole as our primary suspect. One common denominator remains following an additional 12 years of investigating leads and interviewing potential witnesses after the court ordered disclosure of the investigative files that the pedophile and convicted murderer, Otis Toole, has continued to be our only real suspect. As we know, Otis Toole is deceased and formal legal action is not possible nor is it something that the Walsh family is seeking. However, in the interest of justice, the Hollywood Police Department is announcing today that it is our determination and conclusion that Otis Toole was the abductor and murderer of Adam Walsh. For uh, 27 years, we've been asking, who could take a six-year-old boy and murder him and decapitate him? Who? We needed to know. We needed to know. And uh, today we know. The not knowing has been a torture, but uh, that journey's over. Okay, so in another video that's a little longer, it was, the whole press conference was about a half hour, your dad notes that instead of calling him his son, he does mention him by name a couple times, but it's that boy, again, that we keep hearing. That line comes up quite a bit in that presser. But, Megan, here's the interesting thing. So Chief Wegner there is talking about, you know, once the disclosure happened and these files were opened up against, opened up again, well, I'll be darned, it helped solve the crime. But prior to this, remember, your mother and father did not want those open. In fact, they went to court over it. And so he's actually saying, well, it benefited us, but they kept saying it was going to hinder the investigation and it would make things worse. So isn't that right. ironic that it, it actually solved the crime when, when they it's opened so them up? It's so ironic, especially when they came up with fake new suspects at the time to keep the, the records closed. Let's note that as well. So we, we covered last time that it was made up that they had these new suspects suddenly, so they had to keep the records closed. But then, like you said, the irony of... You know, and the, the irony behind that, Gino, furthermore, is that the story goes that Reve Walsh had to know the truth. And she's the one, again, who went to my father and said, we have to have this privately investigated. And the one that needs to do that is Joe Matthews. He has to be the one. And so, and also that press conference, Joe Matthews was present on that stage, as well as myself which uh, Joe Matthews has claimed that he's never met me, which is very, I mean, how, how, how is that possible that he's never met me? He's a professional uh, investigator, but he's never met you. And he was on the same stage, 10 feet from same you. Same stage, same stage. And I will. <laughs> maybe you know, he was hypnotized. Imagine yeah. maybe he was hypnotized. Maybe that's, <laughs> that was too easy.
way. Wait, that was good. That was really good. Um, because it possibly, maybe he's been hypnotized this entire time by his own tactics. I have no idea. So we'll see. But again, I and I also want to say something in that press conference because you know this this goes to say to something else, which is media. You know, when we're seeing my father do that whole thing, and again, I think many people, uh, even before myself, pointed out that there's never any tears. They don't see tears. Uh, all this, which is interesting to say, because, you know, I was in the car driving to the press conference, I got the call, you know, the way that you live with these celebrity parents is like, you literally get a call that you have to be somewhere, you have to be something for them, and they don't care, you know, what you have going on or anything about it, because, you know, they're, you're their possession, you're lucky to have the life you have. So we definitely got called, I had to show up, uh, you know, we're all driving there and it's bizarre because, you know, we're supposed to be like, obviously you're supposed to be upset. You're supposed to be like, oh, this is, you know, we finally get the murder, blah, blah, blah. But like, you also are going to a press conference where you know what it's about. Like, it wasn't like we got to a press conference and they announced that they're, you know, finally declaring. And so we're all emotional, you know, it's, it's very hard to describe to people and, it's not saying that it's fake, but it's not genuine. How long, sense. okay, so how long did you know beforehand that this presser was coming, this announcement? I mean, Months? I knew less I knew less time than my parents did before. Like okay. I said, we would literally, I'd be like living my life at college and we, I would get a call mm -hmm. like, you know, next week you have to miss your, you know, whatever test because you have to fly here and, you know, you got to do this press conference or you have to do this event or you know this larry king interview things like that <laughs> just normal life larry king another clown sorry never really was a larry king fan oh we <sighs> love larry we lo your dad loved himself some larry that's for we sure how many times was your dad on larry king live most notable is my 21st birthday when he's declaring he's a sex addict, but we all ignore that, you know. I lived with it, but let's all ignore it. Even after his mistress, one of them even comes out about having to live in secrecy and dress like a boy to even go outside and how, you know, the domestic violence and terrorism that would happen from my dad and how she had to go seek help to even get restraining orders against him and you know, but none of his, his actual private life track record matters, you know, I guess. So we're here. Well, apparently he liked toys in the bedroom too. Cause we saw that on that cover at, in, in your space a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. in photographs. The massage toys. Yes. The massage Epstein like toys. It reminds me of and bubble baths, which that's all true. To each his own Megan, to each his own. There's that. But you're the crazy one. You're the one that's drug addicted, that needs to lay off alcohol, that doesn't clean her house, that her cat pees in the garage and stinks. Like, folks, if you don't know Megan's story, if you're new to this, you need to just, she's all over the internet. You can watch all the different podcasts. We did a bunch of them early on, but there's other ones too. And she tells her story. And I'm telling you right now, I think I said this last week, I've known her for two and a half years almost. And the story has never changed. It's exactly the same. It's true. She hasn't lied one single time. But you know who has lied? 
that guy that we just showed at a press conference who was trying to muster up some tears. Actually, a couple of people in the chat are good friend Danielle and co-host of Rescue to Fosters and co-founder of Rescue to Found Fosters said, gosh, it looks like he's trying to make himself cry. Like, I, what was he? No onions in his hand or anything just to get a tear to fall? Nothing? No, the onions were in the Indian River Court County courtroom recently. <laughs> Yeah, there were still no onions. Actually, that doesn't even make sense because onions make your eyes water. Nope, that's not that's working. True. It's still not working. Sorry, Danielle. Nothing's working. working. Nothing is working. Every and I'd like to take a vote in the chat. Anybody that's watched all these JW videos, um, what do you guys think? I mean, have you ever seen something look authentic from him? I mean, I, when I was a kid, I fell for the whole thing, you know, and even in my teen years and stuff, it looked because I wasn't looking for the lie. I wasn't because I, you thought it was real. So I wasn't looking for it. But when you when you're just being objective now and you're watching, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I actually fell for this. Like there is no authenticity with your mother or him ever. I never see anything yeah. that looks real. I always see them when when it gets to a hard question. I notice they glance up or look away. It's never directly in the camp. Very rarely is it in front of the, you know, looking directly in the camera square down a tunnel or something, you know, tunnel vision. It's always off to the side. And that, well, you know, if you watch there, some of these guys. Yeah, if, I, see, I see a lot of looking down, actually. And I'm down, too. There. And down. Absolutely. Down. I know that in trauma and stuff, and also when you're, you're, you know, recollecting things and stuff, you will look off or up. But I do see a lot of down and a lot of effort to cry that is not genuine. And I did grow up with my parents, so I think I know who they are um, to that extent. Again, I I grew up, you know, under the same thing because also we can't ignore the fact that there's this permeating notion over the fact that if you question any of this, you are a big jerk or there's something wrong with you or you're crazy because how dare you? and it basically ends there how dare you right right i just noticed i i don't know i like watching those guys that can pick out liars um there's those guys on youtube they got a big following i enjoy watching their stuff and i actually sent them some of your dad's videos a bunch of times i sent like three different emails i thought i was actually getting somewhere i'm like i wanted to surprise you and i'm like oh my gosh they might actually take this but then i think when they saw it was john walsh because i wasn't giving them the name yet i was kind of yeah. Trying, trying to bait Maybe him a little bit. Yeah. All of a sudden, the email stopped. <laughs> like, all of a Especially sudden, it's just done. Especially if they're law enforcement or ex-law enforcement of any kind, I will say that. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. But, Horrifically. But when your dad does look up, I've noticed when he has looked up, it does seem like he's fishing for something. He's trying to, like, grab something from the ether and, like, okay, I need something here. I need some something that feels tangible, something that's real. And he has a hard time sometimes, especially in the, when he's younger. When, when, the, when it first started, when it first got kicked off, I saw that a lot. It just seemed yeah. like he was yeah. really like looking for the, I don't want to screw up. I got to say the right thing yeah. for the script. That's my yeah. take. I'm not and for saying the that's role, legit. You know, for, the job, for the job in the role. You know, it, the same thing carries out into when, he, when you see clips of him first doing America's Most Wanted. You know, the teleprompters and the hosting position, you know, it's very much that energy, which actually makes me sad, to be honest, because I think, you know, we talk a lot about this and everything, but especially my background and again, me really caring about trauma and looking at people's childhoods and how that, you know, affects us later in life and, and how that, you know, all, all that kind of nisness. 
but you know, to really, it, it literally does break my heart uh, to see, you know, how much my dad wanted to be, um, what am I looking for? Uh, accepted or, you know, held up or different things mm. like that, especially knowing what I do about like the relationship with his own father and, you know, not being ever good enough for his father, who was like this military guy. And my dad was this very much, you know, he would say like Jim Morrison type and, you know, anti Nixon and Tavistock type kid, you know, and, and that actually, that leads me into something that, you know, we haven't brought up, but I will in this moment is that when Adam disappears and then my dad's and my mom are put in this position uh, or this positioning, if you will, uh, it is interesting to see the severe wardrobe change as well. So, you know, my parents prior to this were Woodstock kids. You know, uh, my dad admits, as we've read prior to his experimentation in drugs, which when you're telling the police, you're definitely downplaying the number of times that you tried those drugs. Um, and you know, that was very much their lifestyle. They go down to Hollywood, Florida. They work at, you know, my dad's at the diplomat. It's very cabana boy, loosey goosey, you know, drugs and playboy stuff, you know, going on. So, uh, and then we see Adam disappear and then we see my mom chop her hair off. She's wearing a suit and a tie like men and my dad's in a suit. I mean, he was in a suit prior because he was a hotel executive at that time or doing that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, the, the point remains the same, that there was a definite uh, noticeable or something to be noted uh, wardrobe and lifestyle appearance uh, change after, after Adam, almost like you wanted to redirect or distract from that aspect a little bit. It is very noticeable too. Like those, you sent those pictures what yesterday, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's interesting that like almost immediately the wardrobe changes. Yeah. So why though? Why? Because you're in a you're in the public eye now, and all of a sudden you have to sell the story. Like that, it doesn't make sense. Why not just be you? If if you're if my I can tell you this: if one of my kids ever got abducted, God forbid, <laughs> I my wardrobe wouldn't matter. I would be out. In front. I would definitely be very vocal about it. I would be out in the camera. I'd probably be bawling my eyes out, uh, and and be pleading, "Hey, I need help. I need your help." And I would be very public about it and all those things too. But I wouldn't be like you know worrying about my hair, which I, I don't have much hair left anyway. But but like you know wearing a tie and making sure the camera's at the right angle and, and you know fishing for words to say. Even after my children were taken, as they're being taken in my life and everything. And I, I mean, people for the last two and a half years have watched. I'm not like somebody getting up and talking about something that happened to me years ago. All the interviews I've done, as you know, over two and a half years have been literally live time, like living through the terror and trauma. And, you know, I, I yeah, I'm very proud of myself that I got out and, and actually, you know, my upbringing in media and all of it, you know, obviously was something that I was, you know, was a blessing to be able to fall back on to keep composure, get the information out and do that. But I mean, I, it was not people, oh, she's crazy. She's all over the place. When you are in trauma like that, you're definitely not put together. You're definitely not composed. You, you know, for me to even make it through, you know, podcasts without crying, you know, it was like I had to get off of them and start bawling, you know, get it out then. So 
you know, it, it's definitely interesting. And again, everyone grieves differently, but this whole, it's, it's just a different level for me at this point when I look at it, the whole, like how poised and delivering of lines, even down to just the days after Adam goes missing. When we see my father on the hood of that car, my mom's already in a detective jacket and she's like saying this cutesy catty thing like i want everyone to be detectives and think for themselves like what are you talking about though lady like if i take myself out of it with all due respect what are you talking about like then when i know that you used to get off on like going to the gym nonstop and being about yourself and that you told everyone how rich your husband was and i watched you my entire life the only thing that's mattered to you has been money like that's it the right. public persona and having money even when i got pregnant with my first child at 30 years old and made that decision to do that with a donor and i was already had my clothing line and everything she literally told me like basically i own you i will take your children with my money and like just all these insane things about oh she said this is my town you came back to my town and you did this. You're going to go around and tell everyone in the town that you and this father are together. You're in a relationship and you're having a child and that's how it's going to be. And I was like, uh, that's not the truth. So that's not happening. So it went from there. But for example, well, that's where Reve's at in her life. Everything is about I, I, the look. I will say this about your dad. Your mom wasn't so polished in front of the camera yet. She always seemed like she was staring into yeah. space. But your dad was like made for the camera. Yeah. And I use the word made on purpose. Like he just, he was ready to go. Standing on that car and directing traffic and telling people we got to do this and let's be organized. Yeah. Like it was pretty amazing how how within the first week and a half, he's so clear-minded and, and has focus yeah. and we're going to do this and we're going to solve no this the notes about how he came into the Hollywood police department and because they were messing it up so much, like he was so vocal about then he needed to come in, which would be another thing. If you're vocal and saying, Oh, the police are messing this up. Da, 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 that gives you an excuse to be like, I need to come in and take this over. Which then when we look back at John Monahan, his boss from the diplomat, and we look at his track record, John Monahan was noted by police and documented to come in and take over crime scenes and be a quote unquote cleanup guy. So here we have someone who has been groomed and protégéed by by John Monahan, by this Irish mobster, uh, by the name of John Walsh, and is now wait wait. Ma Did you say Irish mobster? What? John Walsh said he was Irish. What, what does he have to do with the mafia? I don't know. And John Monahan is the one who was the Irish mobster, you know with the Cessnas that were cleared out. I mean, Penny, if people look at Dark Outpost from two years ago, Penny Shepard did an amazing job breaking down, which we'll have to bring her back. We'll start bringing guests back that, you know, ex, that are, you know, they're experts in these different areas. But, um, you know, did a great, uh, just all the documents, all the records of John Monahan's past, uh, and then him, you know, taking my father under his wing, um, you know, when again, my father has, uh, you know, disgruntled relationship with his own father, always wanted his approval, uh, that kind of thing. And then we see John Monahan taking him under his wing. And then knowing that John Monahan also had a very, very tight knit, close barter type 
relationship with the Hollywood Police Department via even his own son's account. Um, and so having all those factors. Yes. Okay, before we get into a couple more videos, uh, Tanette Booth over there on Pilled.net, or otherwise known as Foxhole, said, uh, please ask Megan, was the milk carton child campaign compromised? Okay, so I was watching Red Pill's show earlier, and she actually mentions this. RP had a person on that is partnering with this campaign, not sure if the same as the original milk carton. Okay, so there's there's several layers here. Uh, I'm going to start with this one. So, okay, so, yeah, Red Pill had um, Mary Flynn on and also uh, Tara Rodas, who we've had on our shows on Rescue to Fosters. We've worked with them. I, we have relationships with them uh their their idea is following before rescue the foster oh that's right i forgot you were i forgot i forgot you were on that one rescue the foster i forgot that wait was that on that was on red white and boom was that on red it was oh my gosh yeah holy crap that was one of our i forgot sorry about that um Okay, you so here's the thing, though. No. mixed up in so, the content between the shows. We so did. We did. Sorry. <laughs> so we focused, they're focused on kind of the trafficking thing. I know Mary Flynn has had her own CPS problems with her grandkids. Um, she had discussed that when she was on. Our, our issue right now is we don't understand why we're not all collaborating and talking about it because it's the same problem, okay? It's, it's all taxpayer-funded. It's the same people involved. We don't know why it's so divided well, right now. We're trying to fix that. that wanna, and now yeah. there's a lot of people that just want to focus on the border when the root of the situation is the domestic It's right system. here. It's, so yep. it's very backwards on this effort They're, that's Forward. Yeah, and it's important to know it's important to know that because that border is feeding the domestic system now. They're just pumping it into the system that we're we're trying to fight against. So there it's 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 the same monster. It's just got a bunch of different heads on, on it. That, and focusing on that is like literally distracting from the issue. Again, it's like one little stream of the issue yeah. is the border. Like Okay. Yeah. Anyways. And it's, it's, and look, every kid matters. We're not denounced. Of course, every child matters that's no, taken. Every and child, stolen. No, every child matters. Yeah. And we wouldn't have an issue on the border if there wasn't already a well oiled machine right. systemically going on here. Exactly. No one would bother bringing children here over the border if they weren't able yep. to get that's away it. with it. I mean, that's, that's like it. They can, yeah. Speaking. yeah, they just throw them into the system. They know they can do it. Uh, so the other thing was, okay, what the milk cartons. Okay, so Adam was on a milk carton, I believe, wasn't he? Um, when it first, because the milk carton started, what, no about idea. six months prior? I, I think it started six months prior to. Okay. I, don't I mean, my personal. Carton. I think that was more from Eton Pats, to be honest, I think. Uh, but I'm not, okay. I don't want to misspeak. I'm not, I don't claim. Okay. I don't know. Um, okay. But the milk carton thing has a lot of shady rumors around it. It's got a lot of, you know, we have to look at both sides. We have to, yes, be supporting child protection. But while we're doing that and trying to create ways to protect children, we also have to look at the loopholes to what we're supporting and allowing. So, you know, yeah, it was like catalogs, milk cartons. Now we have Amber Alerts in the Walmart wall. So, you know. And rumors of right. shipping and Wayfair. I mean, it goes, you know, but yes, the milk right. cartons. And I think that they were referring to a new effort that I saw happening on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I've had some great people reach out to me. Um, I actually commented on theirs. I hope maybe some of them are watching tonight because I would actually like to connect. 
I have to be honest, I haven't said anything about it because I don't understand it, to be honest. Um, I understand, obviously, like, the intention and the heart and, like, what they're trying to do I think is absolutely amazing. But I haven't even really been able to look into it very much because I can't go on the page. I mean, they're literally bringing back the milk carton and saying that this is, like, a cute, nice thing. And I mean that with all, like, serious respect. Like, I, I really... I, I would love to work with these people. I think what they're doing and the, and the heart behind it is so important, but I do not. And maybe that's just a simple conversation. I did comment asking like, how did they choose the milk carton? I thought maybe that would, you know, spark some discourse. Um, and they did reply back like, you know, oh, it was just something that was sent, you know, people knew about it. I get it. I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious or anything behind them. I think that that's really good people, but I'm really kind of just at an impasse right now because I don't understand. Like, if you know about the issues, yeah, I'm. Then you wouldn't like to choose the milk cartons and then be doing this and putting up these heinous like graphics of new faces on milk cartons. It is not a big fan for sure. It's very. I'm. I'm I've I've been very sus going back to the mm -hmm. '80s when they were doing this because when you know like someone uh, Reggie brought up Etsy now yeah they're they're advertising kids again on there what was the other one I, I forgot the in, uh, I don't get into I'm gonna say this I don't get into the Etsy I don't get into the Wayfair this is I've already this is me Gino just, Gino just a minute I have already Ooh. exposed the real connections uh, between the National Center Jeff Koons. Marina mm -hmm. Abramovich, Hillary Clinton, and the Arts and Embassies program. I have already, that is where the extent of where the shipping goes for me. I don't like, you know, obviously we have a lot of circumstantial evidence, but I don't like getting into things that we don't ever know about. I'm not saying they're not real. I've even seen, you know, people compare National Center missing kids to the Wayfair cabinets and, you know, all of that. But I also am not one here. We've got enough of facts and reality. I am so sick. And this isn't to be disrespectful to anyone that brought this up. This is like going off on my own tangent generally because I want to solve this issue and like make it so that people can't negate this anymore and chalk it off to something that helps them sleep at night. Like I really want to be showing facts or very close to faggot that a lot of it's circumstantial or different things. But when we are showing these exact connections that then should be looked into, right? These should be investigated. There's only a certain point that we can have control over something. But if we can show that like, here's these same players, the same club, if you will, it isn't out of our control. It's not people we don't know about. These names are repeating over and over again. They're still around all the same issues and children. They're creating all things and foundations, using each other, scratching each other's backs, making it bigger, global, World Economic Forum. I mean, we know enough of the rest, you know? And if something like Wayfair or, you know, all that's going to come out, then it'll come out. But we need to focus on, like, the real stuff that we know with arts and embassies. We know about the shipping um, requirements and different things like that globally and and we know those kind of factual things and for me that's enough to to go deeper but anyways didn't mean to go on the tangent but i hate when we get into those like trigger words that i get been, it have been poised to be to make others that don't know about it 
to just dismiss it and and be but i but here's I here's my only here's my only beef this is my only beef i was in that group before i knew any of this stuff with what's going on with child trafficking through cps and foster care i did not know any of that so i was one of those people that was looking into pizza gate right. And right. into all those things, right? So that's what led me as I followed truth. It led me into this. So I see it now. I can see it from the right. inside out. And that's why I think it's important when people from because I, I you know, I'm not, not I'm not speaking for you, Tanette Booth. I'm just saying if it's if this is your, you know, you asked that question because you just didn't know, and I, and I'm assuming that's why you asked. Then I understand why someone would ask those questions. And now she's going to know, oh, wow, wait a minute. I didn't realize that there was connections even deeper within the right. walls of right. the, the machine, you know? So, right. so that's why I, I like going on those trails sometimes, did, even I though it's circumstantial. All, yeah. I did all the same thing. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that we haven't, I mean, please don't make it seem like I'm saying that. And I don't mean to be. So thank you for pointing that out because yes. And I guess I figure also guys, if you're here and you made this far into rumble and onto insight and watching us, you're not really a novice, but if you are, you know, I'm, it's not, I, I do want to say that it's not to say that it's not important. I believe I follow God. I believe that everything that happens is for a reason fundamentally. And those that know me and have followed my story, I'm not used to having to always preface for new people. You know, my story is very in depth. If you haven't been following it, then you have to go back and do some work and it's all out there already for you. So for me, you know, I'm in a space of moving us forward. I'm in a space of solutions. I'm in a space of checking things off the list, right? So yes, I do not negate, I love Pizzagate. I love Wayfair. I love all the stuff that especially for society and the masses and, and entertainment and all this to get people to start looking at it. It serves a purpose, right? Like that's, that's never to negate any of that. But then from there, especially when we see it being used against people, okay, mm -hmm. we can't take that, Gino. Like yep, that's true. People yep. losing their kids for looking into Wayfair. That's right. Okay. Let's yep. like, let's be really real about that yep. and not just courteous and graceful to everyone. Okay. I sure. get it but I, I'm not there anymore. I'm here to solve problems. If people are offended by something, they can look into it. I'm always open to talk about things. I answer everybody that I can. If I miss it, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not intentional, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that certain things like Pizzagate and Wayfair and all of that are absolutely essential. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it when it came out and I wasn't, you know, alone questioning the national center. I just decided because where I was and my experiences that I was going to look into these aspects. I was like, these are the deeper connections. And even when asking my father, I never thought that he would be the one involved and then, mm -hmm. you know, move forward to terrorize me and literally take my life and my children for asking questions that I thought he would be proud of or putting things together or reporting right. things like certain trafficking rings within the industry and different stuff that I did right before my children were taken. So, you know, I'm not trying to be insulting to anybody. I just really want us to be able to ground things and, you know, look at the real aspects so that when people do, you know, we're all going to be faced with that. Oh, or have been like, oh, that's crazy. Or, oh, that, well, but actually, are you aware of this? You know, it's about transmuting things and really getting towards a place of where we can ground facts 
versus the drama and the social media land and the craziness of the world that we're, I mean, literally they want us to question everything at this point right now. We know that that's how we get to chaos. That's how we get taken over. And I just really wanted to delineate that. I'm not going to be perfect. And I might sound like a jerk sometimes. And that's <laughs> using that word that you know I'm not saying. So, um, but but I, I do think it's important. I know this is getting way off of what we're talking about tonight. But I think that it's important to say that we can go into it definitely in other shows once we start going over stuff and getting more towards these, how it's affects, how this has affected society. Mm-hmm. What are we dealing with today? What are these different aspects that have been brought about and, and what are the real human conditions that cause these things or how can we have better ways? I mean, that's what I'm trying to get to. And when, you know, I, I will go over it till I'm blue in the face, all these things, but we have to start like grasping it, sharing it, and then getting to, you know, kind of calling it out. And I think that we take turns in that, Gino. I'll end on that. We do. I think we, we do. We do. <laughs> I, no, I agree 100%. I don't disagree with one thing you said. I, I I guess my only contention is is that I was in there. I was on that other side, and I just didn't know. I was a naive middle, you know, uh, Midwestern boy that <laughs> grew up in a America I thought was pretty good, and you know, and normal childhood and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, this yeah. crap's going on. What? Yeah. You know, and so that's that's all I was saying. I uh, Tanette, I by the way, Tanette. Tanette said, she gave us a cookie. Thank you so much for the cookie. She said, please say hi to Megan for me. I'm in the belly of the beast here in Washington. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is the beast. Yeah. If you need anything, let us know, please. That is the belly. Yes, it is. Okay, let me check the other chat here. Most, uh, okay, yeah, Danielle brought up a good point. Also, what is their definition of missing? Because of, because my child is missing to me legally but no one will recognize or acknowledge it. Yeah, that missing term, they do throw that around quite a bit, don't they? Well, there's so many aspects to that, too. They use missing, but then there's also this runaway term, and that's what I was trying to, you know, get people to kind of glitch onto earlier is the runaway, uh, you know, especially even within CPS trafficking, you know, it's, oh, we have these runaways, and they end up getting trafficked. Mm -hmm. So you are essentially blaming the victims. Like, not essentially, you are blaming the victims. Like these children are running away. If your system was so great, or if the place you put them in was so great or whatever, you would not have runaways, right? They wouldn't be running Mm -hmm. away from anything. So now you're taking children, putting them in places and saying that they're runaways, which is also a big, um, you know, spark for Amber Alerts and everything. You know, when your child is telling you that they're going to run away from the foster care house that they've been put into by the system after they've been unlawful, you know, well, legally, but kidnapped from you under false, you know, allegations or for not reasons that they should have been. And then they want to get out because they're actually the ones that are wards of the state. Like, this is crazy that people are always focused on the parents and the adults and shaming the parents. Oh, there must be something, you know, that we don't know and all that. Or, oh, now we're blaming the children for being trafficked. Oh, well, they were their runaways. I mean, what kind of a system are we dealing with here? Um, just like stealing children and from their biological families when we know that that breaks them fundamentally no matter what's going on and then we place them in homes of strangers and we pay them for it and we get paid for it so anyways it's just uh let's let's keep our mind on all those you're muted laminate lie said um why does the other site have frogs and cookies (laughs) 
yeah, I'm Fox. <laughs> That's real. That would be something I would say. (laughs) Foxhole has a system of gold pills, and a cookie is basically 100 gold pills, which equals basically a penny a piece. And then 25% of that goes back to the platform. I got to say, the mats who, who, with Red Pill and some other guys, came up with the platform, when everybody was deplatformed and canceled back in the Great Purge uh, of what was that, 2019 or whatever it was, um, that's. That's when uh, the guy said, you know what? Screw it. We'll make our own platform. We'll have free speech, and then they can go bite it. <laughs> so they did. I think they've done an amazing job with very little budget at all. I mean, these guys, it was all grassroots. It's a great platform. I There's, like, the thing that's amazing about Foxhole, there's never an issue, like, technically with it. Hardly ever. Um, for guys that don't have corporate sponsors behind them, you know, spending millions of dollars. So yeah, that's what those cookies do. They, and, and there's cans and shades and phones and all these other chips and, <laughs> and those are different levels of gold pills. So if, if you want to go over to Foxhole, it's pill.net you can sign up there. Uh, they've done a great job. Okay. So we addressed that. Daniel said, right. And then those runaways have parents that have no idea they are missing. Therefore they are missing. Yes, they are. And also, on the flip side of that, um, I love that Danielle's bringing this up, and I love you, Danielle. Um, but what, what that also is, like I've said several times, and maybe even once a show so far, is that if you do, you know, we know the majority are not all, but the, you know, a high percentage are either family or someone close to the family. Um, and then, you know, if something happens to a child or oops, there's an accident or, oh, we killed them or, oh, we're molesting them or, oh, we're trafficking them, then what's a very easy way to get away with that? Say they went missing, you know, and furthermore, to add to the sickness, then even get like the, the um, you know, like the, uh, what... <laughs> what's the word I'm thinking of? Like the sentiment, like get, you know, like the, you're now the victim too, that your Mm -hmm. child was taken. And, you know, and then we know that obviously there's like a search effort or flyers go out or they get put on a database. And then what, you know, if the child's never found, then what, then what the child's never found. Exactly. To that booth. I I know I was saying each gold pill is a penny. Yeah. A cookie is worth a dollar. Um, I, I got to say this about the missing thing. Yeah. And how many do we think are really taken by strangers every single day? Yeah, I like know. If we it's had ridiculous. this high number, it'd be like kids literally being ripped off our local streets in front of right. you. It would have to be to make that number. And it's not strangers. Like, these are no. not like, yeah, so we think that there's this many strangers lurking around. You know what? Because the registry, sex offender registry, that's not even, it's not a pedophile registry. Sex offender. That could be like no. anything. But no, no, we could do a poll. You could do a poll right. How if we put it this out? You know, we how could do a poll right here between Rumble and Foxhole. How many of you have ever seen a stranger in a white van driving around your neighborhood that was creepy and taking kids? I mean, honestly, like, no one i don't know anybody that's ever seen anybody taking somebody like i'm it happens of course it does but is it this is it yeah is it is it this epidemic you know and it's like oh my gosh all these you know a million kids are disappearing no they're going missing that's sick think about it missing and this is the other thing megan too about the missing thing it's always vocabulary with these people Right, you because missing sounds to the general to the general public. You think missing? Okay, we all know the definition of missing, but 
but their definition's a little bit different. And they know that you're, they're going to, they're playing upon us just like their symbolism. These are sick people. Yeah. I have a bachelor's in art symbolism is and and i'm highly trained in occult practices that symbolism you know that always gets kind of like in the gray zone and that is literally what they operate on i mean when you're a christian you know what you operate on and what you look at and different things that add validity and everything and symbolism for them is their expression it is what they're you know ritual and their power and you know what they worship is based on that's it and we see that we see that through the industries and what they're involved in and what creates that for them obviously cps right. being one of them moloch beast system so <laughs> i won't uh, i won't get into my 20 years of religious scholar here i'll i'll, I'll i digress <laughs> say that <laughs> Okay. All right, let's go to another video here. So we're, let, this is Tool says he wouldn't kill or molest the kids um, or kids. But here's the thing. Um, so, guys, I'm sorry for the audio. These are old videos, so it's not like the best quality ever. So I tried to enhance them. So this is the best I could get it. I hope you can hear what he's saying. I'll try to help if, if you don't. But let's play this one. I had to live it all kind of childhood. I even uh been molested by my stepfather and you know I had to check when I was a kid. And uh, when I was when I was still little, when I was about six years old, I said seven years old. He just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on until I got up in age, you know. I kept uh, telling him I didn't uh, I didn't want to mess with him like that. So he just kept insisting. And before my real dad died, I had uh, trouble with him too. So, so I went through that childhood, about the same thing with him too. So uh, it wasn't a really pleasant childhood, you know. The childhood was kind of kind of enjoyed. And then I got wild and wild for years and all different things. And then I was just thought into it just so I wasn't in child molesting. I wasn't in that, and I wasn't in uh, killing kids. I wasn't in none of that. Well, I was in everything else for that, but, you know. That was on two things I wouldn't mention. Okay, so he's talking about how his stepdad and then his dad were both molesting him as a six-year-old, seven-year-old kid. I mean, it's sad. This is terrible if it's true, if he's telling the truth. Um, and then it escalates. He starts doing all kinds of perversions with sexual things with people. But he makes it very clear at the end, I was never into the kids or killing kids. But well, yet we have, we just read the transcript that the cops were asked saying, hey, you're, they're basically leading every question with, you you basically killed Adam is what they're basically doing through that whole transcript. That's why we read that whole thing. I felt that was very important. So just, Megan comments. No, I think it was very important too. I'm sorry. I got uh, staring at a white screen for a long time. It's a little hard. Like, uh, I'm human, guys. I'm human. Um, no, I, I think the same. And I think that, again, you know, this is why I made the point earlier that People can be messed up. People can have their downfalls. It's also what is used against them and all of that. We know in industry and policing and all of that stuff. 
Um, but I also want to, that's why I brought that up because a lot of people that have been molested, uh, especially, you know, will never do that because they've experienced what that is. And so for me, um, you know, when I see Otis in these kind of things, when he's describing this, and again, it could be true, it could not, but I do think that his accounts of childhood are true. I do, I do think that. And we know that zero to seven is when, you know, the most, you know, when trauma happens to a child from the age of zero to seven, that's where we are seeing that it shows up later in life, right? So not saying either way and not saying it's okay, but I think that there's a lot of understanding and we need to start understanding, you know, that, what is it, inside the criminal mind was the first speech I won in high school. And it was off of one of my dad's uh, specials. So I guess I've taken that with me this entire time, but, you know, inside the criminal mind, you know, to understand these crimes and different aspects of society that are nefarious and horrific and, and not, you know, what we want every day, we do need to take ourselves out of the drama and really look at it, especially in order to solve them or, pre or preventative measures in the future, different things. Um, we need to be looking at, di at deeper things. We need to look at the childhood trauma that occurred and we need to actually hear people out. So, you know, I, Otis is not a credible person whatsoever. He loves playing with where he's at, you know, at this time and, and throughout these periods. Um, but I do believe uh, the childhood trauma that he did experience. I, I do feel that that is authentic and we see him most authentic in those moments, I guess I could, I could say. Yeah, I agree. There's something definitely happened in his past. Okay, here's the thing about the books that you were talking about. I, I, he might have said this on several occasions, but this is the one I found today. Well, and I want to say, wait, okay. oh. Yep, go ahead. No, I, I just want to say also, when we're talking about a very negated aspect of life, which is satanic ritual abuse, when we have somebody that's growing up and being cross-dressed and taken to rituals, this is not like an actual uncommon uh take especially from that era you know i mean i even have like a neighbor that was taken to satanic rituals by her masonic you know uncles so this right. is not you know this is not far-fetched I, I guess i'll say that go ahead sure you may read too many books that you don't your head all the time you said you killed some people not in Colorado. i've never killed nobody in Colorado. Tool and the court watched a videotape from 1984 when he told authorities he did commit the crime. But today he said his confession was just a mind game, and he got details of the crime from an investigator. So while I did with him, I pulled all the pictures from him, all the information from him. Mr. Brown? And he didn't have enough sense to work out what I was doing. Tool has confessed to a number of other murders he's not believed to have committed. Why should I tell them the truth? They, if I tell them the truth, they say you're a liar. If I don't tell them the truth, they still say you're a liar. But Estep's defender believes the oddest tool story raises enough questions about the murder to justify a new trial. No, I don't give a s what you say no more. Just take it and germinate. So he starts with y'all been reading too many books. I don't know That's if you could hear that. It was. It's one of it was favorites. kind of in, inaudible. 
<laughs> at the beginning. Sorry, I had to use the inaudible thing. Um, so no, I find it. But did you hear what they said, Megan? Okay, so we just read that whole transcript. He was being led by the cops. And what happens here in Colorado? This isn't about Adam. This is another murder that supposedly he had confessed to in Colorado. Yes. Or two murders, actually. And then, and he's saying. Which Colorado is interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Colorado is very interesting with plane crashings. Yeah. <laughs> DEA. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, and trafficking. And so what, what's, what do we got going on here? He's that even the announcer says he was saying that he was being led right by the cops or whatever. So the same thing's happening in Colorado that's happening in Hollywood, Florida. What's going on? Like what's, what's going on with our law enforcement? Are they actually investigating or are they just putting people in jail because they have a hidden agenda? I feel like these notorious criminals are telling more of the truth than the police are actually telling. It, it seems like it. It's an upside down world. Honestly, it does seem that way. And I, I feel like it. I, I'll say I'll even be so crazy to say it is Masonic theater. I will say it out loud. It's Masonic theater. It's good cop, bad cop. It's play the both sides. Set up the whole scenario. You know, create the confusion. It's it's a lot of, you know, magic going on. Create the confusion. Um have this have the serial killer quote unquote tell in the ugly you know scary guy telling you really the truth but then you're supposed to i mean so it creates a lot of cognitive dissonance let's just say that it creates for the viewer and for the public a lot of cognitive dissonance and confusion uh when you're were when you're presented with opposing things that are not making sense uh as they should this should be a major concern for all of us because this is back in the early 90s so how much further along 30 years down the road are we with this stuff like it's way more complicated we already know all the brain the propaganda yeah the perfect it's it's the propaganda is at an all-time high yeah it's it's kind of it's really scary honestly i literally have sat my whole life behind the scenes and watched narratives created like and in the drama, I mean, William Morris Endeavor, man, those mm. agents are, are great. Powerful. And they're everywhere. They're in places you wouldn't even suspect, aren't they, Megan? They sure are. <laughs> they, sure, well, they sure are. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Without even going Sorry. there. I digress. Without going there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see. There was one more. Safe, okay. So, you know, I'm trying to stay yes, safe. I know. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> okay. So I forgot, gosh, I should have put the guy's channel down here. Any, you'll, when you guys see him, you've probably seen his YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. So many people have seen him. Yeah. yeah he's, but... he's big. He's got a hundred thousand followers, whatever. So give him props. I can't remember the name of the channel. I, it'll come to me. Um, so I, I don't always agree with this guy. I know um, I've watched other videos. I'm like, ah, okay, whatever, you know, and, and he's a former detective. I think he's retired and he goes through some cases and things. And so I found this one with, with him talking about Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole and how the, he's actually kind of saying what we're saying tonight. I mean, that the cops are kind of leading them, that they're, they're, just kind of going along with the flow and yeah of course they've been told so many times they're going to start admitting to things that maybe they didn't even do i just find this very interesting so well, check I'm this gonna out say, I'm gonna say oh sorry go ahead. go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead 
okay. I'm gonna say that Sorry. I don't disclaimer. I'm gonna say that yep. I appreciate this gentleman very much. People have sent me his links and stuff. I don't fully agree with everything that he says, but the clip tonight, I I do agree with. I just want to say that I do think that he has a little bit of the police brotherhood programming that you know maybe hopefully one day i'll speak with him and we can you know hammer some stuff i think that would be fun actually maybe um but yeah but tonight this clip i think he's very very accurate i agree with a lot of things that he says uh overall and i think that that uh this is a very good clip gino thank you you're welcome similar rejects that decided to get together and kill. Now, there's a Netflix series, I think, called something, Confession Tapes, Henry Lee Lucas. I watched it a long time ago. And they confessed to over 200 murders. They certainly didn't do over 200 murders. Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tolg, especially Henry Lee Lucas, confessed to crimes that he didn't do. And police officers took his word for it. Now, I don't think many of them did it for nefarious reasons as to, hey, let's just close this case. We got a confession. Although there are some that would have done that. They feed them information. I've gone over this. You've seen it in, I believe, the West Memphis 3 case. It's Now, let me speak from an investigator's standpoint. When you have a case and it's been unsolved and you've worked it for a long time, you get leads and you're excited and then you're down. Then you're excited because something else comes in and then you just to be let down again. When you get a good lead, somebody confessing, and you go, you want that to be the truth. Okay, you want it to be the truth. So when he starts telling you things about the crime scene and it's right, some of the things are right, you're liking it. And then all of a sudden they say something wrong. A kid had on pants no instead hat. of shorts. Whatever it is. You want to try to get them back on track because you want it to be true. So you'll say something like, well, you said he had pants. He's saying the quiet part out loud. Pants on. Could it could yeah. it have been shorts? Yeah. Yeah. Now he's looking at you like, oh, I I just I just messed up. Yeah, it could have been shorts. That simple, and it gets uh -huh. him back on track for the confession. Now that happens a lot. It's hard as an investigator not to do that. Let's say you don't do that, and he confesses, and you get done, and you look at it, and he got four things right, but he got six things wrong. You take that to your I... district attorney. If he's any district attorney that's worth anything, he's going to say, well, he, he, you know, he's not the guy, I don't think, but you need to follow back up on some of these questions and, you know, find, find out what the truth is. Well, maybe the guy just... Then the truth, and he's making it up, and he he doesn't know certain things. That happens. Happens a lot.
Now you'll sit there and you'll say to yourself, I would never confess to anything I didn't do. Well, great for you. Good. But not everybody's the same. Now, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool would confess, and their reasoning for confessing to crimes they didn't do is because for Henry Lee Lucas, the investigators treated him great. He was treated chicken, like shit his whole life. Chicken and milkshakes. Come from a book. <laughs> home. Get abused. Get a pick on. Blah, blah, blah. Had to scrape up quarters and nickels in order to buy a sandwich from the Unimart. And now all of a yep. sudden, these detectives are taking him out of his cell. Giving him cigarettes. Giving him steaks. Burgers. Milkshakes. Every time because they're <laughs> happy with him. He's clearing all these cases. So he just contradicted himself. You put yourself himself. in their shoes. And you have nothing to live for except for the 8x10 cell that you're in. And you're already a convicted murderer and liar. Yep. Why not do that? Yep. And that's what they did. Amen. Even though he, mm -hmm. even though he contradicted himself. Really. A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, okay, so what I want to point out, this is what I was saying. In the beginning, you know, he says he doesn't think it, you know, it was to close cases. He state, you know, that's his his law enforcement programming to say and prefaces before he goes into all this other stuff, which contradicts what he says. He starts with, unfortunately, I don't think that the police were just doing this to close cases, which is exactly what they were doing. That's, they were yeah. doing this to close cases. Yeah. Uh, but then I have to give credit where it's due. The rest is very, very accurate. And uh, what did happen with Otis Tool. And, and like I said in the beginning of the program, you know, at the end of the second Adam movie, we see them stating, you know, there will be, it starts with, you know, Reve saying, I don't want, which is another thing, you know, the movie starts out with Reve saying, I can't go through a trial. I can't, why can't you go through a trial? Like, why wouldn't you go through a trial that finally is like convicting the murderer of your child? Like, I would be all for that. Like, you already know the facts. You live with them every day. The ugly ones, the disgusting ones, like all of it. Why wouldn't you want a trial for closure if this is absolutely, and then when he's dead, it's still so prevalent and obviously him that you can convict him. So... So, that's, that's unless sad. you don't want to, unless you don't want to be put on the stand in question. Exactly. I don't exactly. know. There's, there's that. There, there's that. You know, there's that. That is yeah. our, that, that is our catchphrase here at Reexamined. It's there's that. And Megan came up with it. It should be copyrighted like that. And we're going to, that's going to be in the merch store on hats, t-shirts. We, we got all kinds of ideas for merch. Who was it? Paris Hilton. Like I'm copywriting. That's hot. <laughs> oh my god please please don't compare it to that please i think kim kardashian please. tried oh. to copyright kimono <laughs> like, we're, no, we're not there guys we're not all right there. i already threw up earlier now I, i'm about to throw up again watching that movie a second oh my gosh we get, we got to do a watch party with it because i think it would just be fun just it would just be I, hilarious it's, gonna be, it's going to happen and it's going to be amazing yeah it's, it will it's really We'll all be vomiting the whole time. <laughs> have your 
Have your puke bucket next to you. Don't bring a popcorn bucket. Bring a puke bucket. Yeah. Okay, so we're already gross here. (laughs) Okay, so Tanette, so Tanette says that guy was an effing liar, in my opinion. Okay, I don't, I don't, I think he was just describing what happens in everyday police stations, right? When they're investigating, like that happens. Like I know, I had cop friends. I know what happens. I I want to, yeah. Well, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm Mm -hmm. going to because that's a big point. Like. Okay, when we study policing and when you, like, I watch endless interrogations every day, okay? I will admit, I watch all the interrogations of, you know, I never even watched a horror film before all of this in my life because I thought the world was scary enough in what I grew up in. But, okay, I digress that I watch a lot of, you know, police interrogation and especially with my dad and the background and everything. And to really watch the tactics that they use, I have to be honest, like, it's very disturbingly dirty. Like, it's very disturbingly manipulative. It is not law. It is not straightforward. It is not any of it. And they get off on it. Like, it's this whole police thing, like, that the public then celebrates, like, that they use these tactics. Now, also, we know the statistics of false confessions as well and, and the reality of false confessions. And, you know, again, after making me read five hours of, you know, Audis Tools testimony tonight, thank you, Gino, um, we definitely see that, you know, um, it, it, it's a lot of leading. It's a lot of informative information in the guise of questioning uh, and all of that. So I just want people to pay attention keeping in mind, especially modern day policing, uh, the tactics of interrogation and, and how that works, because it's, it's definitely a a psychology. It's a very bizarre one. It's very tricky. Uh, it's very much entrapment, uh, in a lot of, a lot of situations. And I've supported law enforcement my whole life. I will always support the law and justice. So I will say that too, but I don't, support you know convoluted behaviors between humans is that i don't know i don't know how to say it i I admit but whatever it see it's a viewpoint right and it i've noticed this in religion too okay as a christian i'm into apologetics and all this stuff and when when there's a viewpoint or a world view that somebody has and you're stuck in that frame of mind everything that's your truth so everything will fit into that narrow path and I get it. That's human nature. But when you're investigating a crime and everybody is supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, you shouldn't be leading them with questions that lead them to a crime. Maybe they didn't commit. Maybe they did commit it. But it should be it should be general questions and then kind of fine tuning. Let them speak because that does happen. Human nature. If someone's nervous, a lot of things start coming out that they, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says. Um, Things start coming out. They have a way. But you shouldn't be like oh sears mall <laughs> like are you freaking kidding me like what is there a hat you were at, was there is that a hat? did he have socks so, on when we were saying God. he has flip-flops did oh did he i mean where what was this 24 hours or were you already in jacksonville that same day because we're placing ahead two weeks later i mean we got to know this so it's just it's insane it's absolutely insane <laughs> mcbray um has another suggestion i digress should also be in that merch store on something <laughs> Love you, McBray. <laughs> Love you, girl. So many ideas. 
We're doing it. I'm bringing yes. the Shopify back. We'll do awesome. That. Can't wait. Okay, last video. This is kind of a teaser because we're donations to do that. Donations do actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they're on the screen it's right real. there. It's real. It's real. Go ahead. The struggle is real. Yes. So last video of the night. Biden Let's economics. Work binomics. Binomics. Thank you. We're all poor. Can't get those slurs. Those modern yeah. slur slurs yet. Uh, okay, so this is the last one, Henry Lee Lucas. Kind of a teaser because I'm sure we're going to be going into the Henry Lee Lucas stuff either next week or in future shows. We'll see where, when it is. But this is a little teaser. Now listen to what he says in this. And this is from that Netflix documentary you had mentioned earlier. Every case I would go out on for, for them, you know, they would automatically pick up the telephone and call the news media, tell them that I'd solved four or five cases that day. So the news media would come running, you know. How do you feel? Like I did today. Like what? Same as I did today. Yeah, why? What do you predict tomorrow? It was interview after interview. I mean, yeah. I couldn't turn around unless it was an interview. And I started staying on TV 24 hours a day. I mean, it changed me. And I got so that I thought I was the biggest movie star in this country. Real nice smile you got there. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Lucas did become a movie star. The cult film, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, was a fictionalized account of his life. Uh. Elvis Presley was supposed to be the biggest shot, but I think I even beat Elvis Presley. Uh, and I think I even beat, uh, what's his name, Adolf Hitler? Seemed like I was gonna beat him. Because it seemed like every time they would bring a murder case in, I would accept it. No matter what it was. Media monsters. Delusional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You think you think Otis Tool might have had some of that too? <laughs> no. Otis Tool literally copied saw what Henry was getting mm -hmm. and said, I want to be in Texas with Henry because of all the stuff he's getting. Literally has said it, like just straight out. Royal treatment. Well, and Henry's telling you, I mean, at that time he was all over the news. He was solving all these crimes. He was confessing to everything and they were literally giving him the information. I mean, in those documentaries from what that clip is from, uh, it extends into that information. And, uh, you know, for the prior ex law enforcement guy to say you know they weren't closing cases this is absolutely what we know about that situation is that they were trying to close cases like that is what is admitted and proven and known about that um and henry and Otis tool saw what was going on and he wanted those perks why wouldn't he like why wouldn't he we see already his character as well these people are not mentally stable, like, and I'm very, I'm like the last person to say that kind of stuff, <laughs> but these people are like not mentally stable um, when you're already convicted of things that you did do, you know, they, it's not like we doubt that they did 
kill people in arsons and murder them and do these different things. They're just admitting to more. And we know that they were doing that. And then when we see how the Hollywood police, you know, treated Otis Tool and how the separation and these moments of, you know, chances to give him information or to, you know, direct the narrative really are, are undeniable. They're really undeniable. Absolutely. Well, Megan, as they said, or they used to say on the set of America's Most Wanted, that's a wrap. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. He Sorry. also brought up Elvis, by the way, which I had to he laugh did. at. Because <laughs> my mom used to always be so, you know, this passive aggressive anger and abusive, covert abusive nature of hers would always, you know, mock my father and say, you know, oh, Elvis has, you know, arrived in the building. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, well, it is funny. But when you grow up with parents that like hate each other, but then they're yeah. like, "We love each other." What do Wait you know? a minute, Megan. Megan, we were just watching clips from the movie before we went live. They didn't hate each other. That was the perfect marriage. Perfect, perfect. With the living lover. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just can't. <laughs> I guess. Got one last one in. So there's. <laughs> You got to get them in before the end of the show. I know. I know. Guys, we probably look really sick that we're laughing. But, like, honestly, at this point. You have to. I, I don't know what else you could do. Yeah. It's so so disturbing and sick what these people have done. And yet, you have to laugh. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself crazy. I mean, I remember when I first started looking at these files a couple of years ago. I was just like, wait, are they? is this serious? Like, this cannot be real. And I haven't even read this extensively. Now we're getting deeper into the stuff, and I'm like, gosh, it's worse than I thought. I literally thought that I was going to my parents with things that they would be proud of, okay? I thought, like, literally I'm reporting things from the industry, trafficking rings from the industry. I'm reporting trafficking rings within law enforcement, which is a big thing tonight. I think I just said that for a reason because, you know, we're at a point where we know that CPS and law enforcement work together to take children and to traffic them. So when we negate that fact, we're doing our families and most of all our children a huge disservice. Like huge is not the word. It's, it's an absolute shaming of victims uh, and, and a disservice to them. So I hope that through our shows that, you know, we can get people to really, it's not about thinking that all law enforcement is bad. I've supported law enforcement my entire life. We need that. We know that. But again, like I've always said, Gino, you know, my quote, I will never support corruption. I, I think that that's easily delineated when you break it down like that. I don't care about the rest of the drama. I don't care about the what ifs. You know, there is corruption within policing mm -hmm. and, and it's not black and white. It's not all or nothing. You know, it's not defund the police. It's not back the blue desecrated American flag, by the way. It's a gang right. symbol. Um, so, you know, I, I just wish that we could get back to, you know, real peace officers, real people that, you know, stand in our communities statewide, countywide that are really, you know, there for the community. This is this has gotten a huge, you know, shift 
in power and and focus is really uh, off. And now we see that they are literally profiling people. And I think this is a great example tonight. Um, and it has been going on. It's not a modern thing, I guess, is my point in saying that. Um, that we see people that are targeted. We see uh, hardships or upbringings used against people, uh, different things. It's not It's not negating or saying people aren't guilty of stuff or that there aren't heinous crimes. That's real. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to be looking at, you know, I know many people question why are certain cases profiled on the mainstream media and others are not. I think that, you know, that would be a big uh, point to bring up here and, and possibly a reason why, an answer to why that is. I mean, the universal motto for police is to protect and serve, but yet they'll show up on people's front porch, knock on the door with a CPS social worker who might, probably has no degree, by the way, or hasn't been trained properly. And, the, and, and, and no, and they will protect and serve the CPS worker, but not the person in the home, which they're supposed to be protecting and the child in that home. Instead, no, they're there to kidnap the child and leave with the child and no one's protected. And say, it's just my, I'm just doing my job. Just doing my job. Well, at what point, at what point you, Mr. Police officer, do you stand up and say, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm done with this. This is wrong. You have kids. Most of you have kids. Most of you have families. Are you going to stand up? I mean, would, would that be acceptable if uh, another cop showed up at your door? I doubt it. Ask, uh, ask Officer Savita with the Indian River Sheriff's Department about his, you know, how he'd feel about his family if, uh, if I showed up on his doorstep like he showed up to take away my five-day-old, literally rip a baby from the womb. Uh, let's ask, let's ask uh, Deputy Civita, C-I-V-I-T-A, actually, with the Indian River County Sheriff's Department. It's sad that he actually has to be the name that comes forward um, because he didn't stand up. And they're actually all mandated reporters as well, meaning they are under oath and take a vow uh, that if they hear anything like that, as well as uh, Milo Thornton, actually, I'll bring that up as well, the current uh wonderful candidate i actually hope he wins uh the next sheriff's election in indian river county florida and we should all be paying attention and speaking about our states and our counties mm -hmm. um and uh milo thornton is uh is actually running for sheriff against eric flowers who dared i mean this man's obsession and sickness of eric sheriff eric flowers is beyond he's actually daring to run again uh, for this position uh, after everything that has transpired since he signed contracts with John Walsh. I'll put that in my opinion, um, but uh, but known. And uh, Milo Thornton is now running and I hope that he wins, but he's also a mandated reporter that knows well about this case and scenario and what's going on in his county. Um, and, uh, that needs to be paid attention to as well. That's what we should all be doing in our counties. I hope that that's an example is why I take the time for that. You're on mute. We all know that Eric Flowers is a family man too. So there's that. Um, wasn't that his platform he ran on that, uh, would never 
leave his wife or cheat on his wife or something like that? Uh, he actually, his campaign was uh, run on the, um, well, his campaign was run on John Walsh, let's just say that. Um, but secondarily, in his campaign speech was that if you can't keep the vows of your marriage, how could you be a public servant to the public? And then uh, within six months after his, uh, you know, inauguration, if you will, into being <laughs> sheriff under John Walsh, under John Walsh, who's running the sheriff's department in Indian River County, um, it's giving me like DeSantis Sturmont vibes, but okay, um, I digress. And he uh, he comes out running, saying that you know if you can't keep your marriage vows, and then within six to eight months, uh, it's outed that he is running around with his mistress, also doing things on uh, company time, which FDLE in Florida did not think was a big deal. I've actually called FDLE and spoken with them extensively, and found out that they are very upfront about the fact that they don't run anything. So I don't know if people know this, but FDLE, I was told the other day that they're put out on the forefront as like this authority and many, many people think that FDLE is supposed to, you know, police the police. And that's not all what they do, that actually the sheriffs are the, one that, the ones that give them the directives is the exact quote, what, 24 hours ago, Gina, when I called mm -hmm. FDLE again to follow up. Uh, because they've done nothing about the case or about Indian River corruption. Um, and and we've seen that even back through Adam's case, FDLE mm -hmm. was involved as well. So it's very interesting. Um, but anyways, I'm talking in circles at this point because it's general information. But, you know, I just think that these are things we need to be talking about and thinking about, um, especially, you know, after tonight's subject and and uh, where we're going with this, so. Right. I, I, ha I did have some notes though. Hang on, I wanna make sure. Oh, I cool. All While those... she's looking through her notes, does anybody have any questions or comments out in the chat room? Love it, yes, let's do some of that. I love you, Gino, by the way. Love you, love viewers. You, love you too. Love you. Um, and by the way, we haven't mentioned this, and I know a couple people said in the chat, if you guys can just click on that thumbs up, that would really help us with the algorithms here on Rumble no, and the red. The click, share, subscribe. <laughs> what's the link? I know. I'm terrible I at the self-promotion thing. Yeah, sorry. I just, what? I don't like the, it. I hate the self-promotion thing. Like, so I never say the subscribe thing. That's up to them. You want to, but the, the thumbs up really helps on the views so that people hear this story and hear what's going on in this country. And how Adam Walsh's case is the crux of it. This is what started it. Like, we really need to understand this. And so if you can push this out, that would be amazing. Over on Rumble especially. Uh, Foxhole, the red pill. You guys know what to do over there. We appreciate you. Um, and thank you for the donations tonight. The cookies. Thank you. Adam's case and surrounding cases. Yes. 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 Okay. Thank you for the correction. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I don't. Because we Articulated have like Ronnie well. Gosh, we have Eton yeah, Pats, sure, we have sure. like significant cases that you know. I just like to be accurate. I like it's, to it's it's the most. Too. Let's just say it's the most famous of it the is. cases. It, it's yes. gotten the most, which should be a point in itself, right, Gina? Mm, it should be. So um, let me run through my eleven point list real quick. I'm sure we covered most of it, but. Um, 
you know, again, I want to reiterate that we've we've obviously established that CPS and law enforcement and the courts are involved in our domestic child trafficking, correct? So we need to add this context to the Adam Walsh story, especially given the nature of the lifestyle of my parents, what was going on, also then incorporating and bringing, you know, from this side that, and then bringing in police, law enforcement, and then that merging where there is the Mm -hmm. diplomat connection, there is this, you know, barter system, we know about corruption, we know about powerful people in small towns, yada 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 right okay so i wanted to bring that up um with the involvement of the police so again this emphasis of like i mean gino are we not seeing i think that's fair of me to say like i think we need to keep our focus in part on this you know policing right the involve the level of involvement with the police i think that we proved that within my case i think we proved that Mm -hmm. tonight with you know the the leading questions and the directives and everything with the police's part right and in these certain situations um especially missing children and knowing that the finders cult was cia knowing that police is connected to government we know that's a trickle down effect we know that then people within that are going to be more subservient or more apt to going along with a narrative or a protocol or what have you, right? Right. Um, then I, well, I wanna also bring up, this is Florida. I wanna bring up the good old boys system, the good old boys club, which also permeates throughout policing, which we did again with that clip from the ex-law enforcement and investigators see how he had to innately preface. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, nothing against whatever, but that, in, that programming that innately makes you cover for your brotherhood. Right. And again, I watch a lot of interrogations. I also watch a lot of corrupt cop videos where they're all covering for each other in that brotherhood. So there is that the Um, brotherhood is important to mention that's the thing you're not going to snitch on a brother it's just not going to it's that is so rare that that happens like they're blatant about it though too like you can literally go on youtube and just like i you know my obsession growing up was like always watching just like cops right like i just love watching people get busted and said again i was in that mindset i didn't know like whatever but you know to to watch like the policing and the good old boy system and how like i'll watch like those youtube videos of like cops that are drunk and they get pulled over by other officers right and to watch like the body cam and how they negotiate and how they like know you know what to do like don't submit to the roadside test don't do this and they've got like the inside knowledge i mean all of it, right? We, I think we all know that. I don't need to go into it. But why I bring that up is because we need to be reminded of, again, Monaghan's friendships and connections within the Hollywood police that we know are very, were very, very strong. I mean, I'll be so vulgar to say that this man was an executive at the Diplomat Hotel where diplomats you know, Liza Minnelli, Jim Morrison, like every one of the top, you know, they would have whole nights where these people would perform and come into town. How many bodies did they cover for in that hotel? 
how many drug overdoses how many traffic like let's be real though like how much could we imagine that actually happening so then extend that furthermore when you've got a police station that's right down the block and across the street from this mall you know i and I it, it is interesting to note at this point though you were saying monahan running the hollywood police department and then ironically the man he groomed john walsh is now running another police department i mean that's coincidence i guess or is it I, I, or maybe it's not a coincidence because maybe there's no coincidences. I don't, I don't know. I won't go down that hole, but I think that this is not a coincidence for sure. I think this is grooming. I think that this is about the lifestyle. I've watched it my entire life. I've been put through it through the industry. And I think that this was back in the day before the industry was like super developed as it is now, um, or just a different level of it. Right. And it's development. And I think that my father was, I, I know my father was groomed. I know that again, he went down with this, you know, uh, disconnected relationship with his father. Oh, and my father is a good, like, like he has a good heart. That's why we pray for our enemies. Right. You know, like we want to think that stuff. And I, I wish Megan, nothing more would I like to see than John Walsh go to his daughter Say he's sorry, say he's sorry, and give her her kids back. That would be amazing. It's not hard. It's not hard. Break the programming, John, and just go to your daughter, give her a hug, and say, I love you, and give her her kids back. It's not hard. This is not difficult. Yeah, but William oh. Morris Endeavor and now Rupert Murdoch, because he's going to be on the new. Oh, again, man. Back, don't even, not don't even start. <laughs> Gosh. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe the I don't know if the trouble. I think people need to understand that that John Walsh is not the one after me. These are a lot deeper. It's a lot deeper. That are after me. Absolutely. Lot, like National Center, William Morris Endeavor, yeah. Fox and Rupert Murdoch. Like these are very, very serious. FBI, DOJ. I mean, mm -hmm. my father already has blatantly put out that over eight FBI agents are behind this case and taking of my children. How, how do we deny that? How is he still walking the streets? How is the FBI not being held accountable? I can't even make police reports locally because I'm afraid of retaliation that we've mm -hmm. already witnessed and experienced to a gr like an extreme extent. We have too many witnesses. Gino, you're one. Like uh, I'm one. I, I'm so glad you brought that up, though, Megan. Like, you can't file a police report. She can't just go down to her the, 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 the local police department there and, oh, here's a report. I'm, I had some bad things happen to me. No. She's a targeted individual. They're they're literally, like, they're waiting for her to do things like that. That's we how sick the these people are. We have the video. Have a video. We do. Savita, who acted like the good, played the good cop, bad cop. I'm a dad at the window. And then they all threaten us with criminal charges, arrest the other two people. I had to sit around, literally. I, I People don't understand this. I had to sit around for the first time in my life, literally for over a week, with Sharpie-markered phone numbers on written on my legs. So that if, I, if they showed up to arrest me, that I would have people's phone numbers. Like, in a department that I already know has killed people has already covered for female uh prisoners deaths like this is not and working with my father who declared their side when they falsely arrest me 
uh, the day before my children's trial and, and applied for me to have an automatic jail transfer after my first night ever in jail in my entire life in a jail that I know is killing women and covering for it. And then I'm supposed to have a jail transfer the next day to show up what in handcuffs and a um, jumpsuit to my children's trial, John Walsh. You freaking sicko. All of you are freaking psychopaths. Like, this is not normal. And it's Florida DCF under Siobhan mm -hmm. Harris. Like, this is Indian River County DCF, who right before I witnessed my own father sell a baby in a courtroom, in a side conference room backdoor deal, and that baby was my own to a stacked foster care uh, home in our local ghetto, okay? Like, I don't care, judge me, whatever. In our local ghetto. I am so blessed that Esther was in that home for the year, but I don't know what deal. Talk about witness tampering. The entire time, we've had everyone contact us. Have we not, Gino, about the witness oh, yeah. tampering that's occurred? The threats. We had... We had multiple witnesses from the department. We actually got people from the department for Esther's trial, and you know that, Gino, to come forward. And what happened the night before trial? All of a sudden, no one shows up. Yep. Bye -bye. All of a sudden, the foster care mother is not showing up to even testify because we have an ambush sudden secret witness that's scheduled, and we have to make it for his schedule. And, Your Honor, we have to do this judge, da 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 for John Walsh. To do a and, whole side thing with the sheriff's department. Yeah. And, and even the foster mom, the whole time, you know, playing best friends with you and saying, you know, you're so happy she's taking care of your child. And then saying, I would never adopt your child. Well, I'll be darned. All of a sudden, child, the child, never. I'm packing her things up because I was told she's coming home. I'm so, I mean, this is the sickest it is. industry. It is an industry. And I... I want every single person who wants to gawk at this, who wants to laugh at this, who wants to say that this is not what's going on in America to please reach out to me. Please reach out to any of us because I am so sick. You don't get to do that anymore. You don't get to do it anymore. You don't get to sit and shame victims in our country. Mm -hmm. And I'm not some liberal, crazy, whatever. And actually, I've always been a moderate, okay? If people saw me years ago, they would have thought I was some crazy liberal, to be honest. And guess what? I've never voted in my life. I just, I just registered as a Republican last year so that I could register as a lobbyist so I can maybe, hopefully, reverse some of this crap that has been allowed in our country. But other than that, I was shamed in my family for not ever being into politics or not becoming a lawyer. These were the things that I grew up with. And I thank God every single second that I never went down those paths, that I never subjected myself to that. And I hope and I pray that the American public and we can all move into a space of taking ourselves out of this idolatry, out of this saviorism, whether it's within politics, whether it's within our children, whether we're handing our power over to everything when we do have everything that we need right here. It is simple. These, these people put everything on a federal level. They make everything seem bigger. They fear monger the public for their own profit and for their own control. And I'm done with that. 
I'm not into police state. I'm not into state raised children. I'm not into, you know, taking advantage of people in their hardships. Our hardships are some of our greatest life directors. There are testimonies later. And I'm going to, I'm going to stop myself because I'm going to start getting choked up because these are real things that people need to start realizing. We're all stuck in social media land. We're all stuck in the politics of it. Politics is the biggest evil on our planet, y'all. Like we really need to start finding a way that is not some systemic crap. Our lives are all sacred and especially our children's. How could a system ever be able to address any of it? Like that doesn't even cognitively or intellectually make sense. And I admit, and I regret the fact that I was in that world for so long because I was born into it and I didn't pay attention like I should. And I hope more people come out and speak out about that because that's very, very real. I'm not perfect, but I left the industry in 2017. I saw enough with being with Kanye, with being the music industry especially. And I started talking out about how pop culture is targeting our children. It's ruining our future generations. And it's getting all of us who are the parents and older to like laugh at it like it's nothing. And that's how they're doing it. I mean, I started doing that and the agency was very, very upset. I started talking about God. I still went back to Jesus. I mean, I'll I'll stop on my tangent, but I just want, I, I want people to understand because things resonate with different people, right? Like different things resonate with different people. And we've all been through different experiences where something I'm gonna say isn't going to affect somebody else and, and, and the same thing will affect somebody and it will make a change. And I want that to be for all of us. It's time for us to come together. It's time to talk about these situations. You know, I honor and love my parents. I thought that what I was doing was what I was born to do, like what we did as a family. And I've said that many times before. I thought my parents would be proud of me. I didn't understand that elite families have, you know, each each person in the family is assigned a position. I didn't understand that, you know, if you came out and spoke up against, you know, what you were seeing within what you were born into, that your whole life and your own children would be taken away from you. Like, I didn't understand any of this. I didn't understand like media grooming and watching my own brother Callahan become somebody I don't even recognize to this day and watch my father with his big black eyes for the past years after his like Mayo Clinic deep brain stimulation procedure, you know, which it, the side effects are, you know, personality change and aggression and everything else. You know, I never thought that a justice system would sit here and be trafficking children and how manipulative and the ways that they do it is absolutely mind-blowing and unbelievable. That's real. That's valid. But guess what? We're in a new place. Like, it's not a new place. It's reality. And we have to have discernment. We have to. We cannot be the hypocrites that we're agreeing with and allowing to rule us. We have to sit and say, you know, we care about protecting children. We are the taxpayers. We are the ones supporting you only like they only profit and they only exist if we participate. Could you imagine even I'll be that bold to say that like if children are being taken, just say today, right? Starting tomorrow morning, 
every child that's taken across our country, which is like by the minutes at this point, you guys, by our own government, um, what if those parents never showed up to court? What if they didn't do anything? And the public would shame them. The public would say, oh my God, this is crazy. These parents don't freaking show up. They don't do anything. But we're dealing with criminals. So what do you do? Do you allow yourself to be destroyed? Do you allow your children to be destroyed? You keep participating in a crazy making standard in a situation? Or do you say, I don't participate anymore and I'm gonna put my energy into how to expose this and to stop you all? That's really where we're at at this point. That's what we are facing. I, man, Megan, amen. My gosh, that was amazing, 100%. You know, this is the hill to die on, folks. Like, I don't, there's no other hill to die on. This is your, this is families. And if there's no families, there's no country. We've said that a million times. You know, I go, you go back to slavery, right? And, and half the country was divided. Do we, do we stick with slavery or do we say this is a moral evil? And it started a civil war in this country. I can't imagine that's evil. Slavery was evil. But for crying out loud, this is modern day trafficking and slavery together going on and no one's no one's awake no one wants to do anything everybody just sits back and say everything's fine hunky dory no elections like, no elections you know jabs like and, i mean which are not not important right, but... it's all important they're all important but for crying out loud if you don't stand up for your own family because essentially it will come to your door that's the problem this thing's growing it's not shrinking this is a growing problem. It has to end. And it's being funded by us. Like, that should get you mad. You should be like, wait a minute, what? It's coming out of my pocket? Like, I don't know, no, Megan, I, I've said is, before. It's coming out of our pocket when the inflation is so high that people are losing their homes, exactly. can't pay for the groceries, which are making their children more vulnerable to be taken, which is exactly by design. This is not rocket science. Like, I want us all to get out of social media hype land, politic land, and freaking, don't swear, effing, look at the reality of what we are doing here. What, like... This could be so much more simple. This could be like, that's the thing, Gino, for me. It's like, this could be so much more simple. This could be loving. This could be cool. Like people have hardships, man. We all go through stuff. What family hasn't like, oh, dad, you know, had a little stint with alcohol when he lost his job. Ooh, mom and dad fought like, da, da, da. like, yeah. So let's support that then. Show me thrive. I don't even care if there's money. If you sh are showing me thriving biological families. Families of origin, whatever liberal crap we're doing, because actually, guess what? Liberals are getting their taken, their children taken too. When you're buying into the trans crap and you're abusing your child by supporting this agenda that you've drank the Kool-Aid about, because now you feel more accepted in society because maybe you were a little off or you were whatever. Be glad about that. Be glad that you weren't considered normal and stop this abuse because your child is now in danger of being taken. So this is about cutting the crap of politics when do we do that because we're all talking about the establishment we're all talking about global you know agendas we're all talking about all this stuff that we want to sound big and bad about and intellectual but then we can't do it in our own country we can't do it in our own communities yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with being patriotic but patriotism means you defend your family and you defend your country and right now we're doing neither like honestly like i 
it's going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm I, McBray. I'm with you. Like I do believe we win. I'm an I'm an eternal optimist because I have Jesus Christ. I know we're going to win this fight. But I got to tell you, optimist. Wait, Gina, I'm going to cut you off. It's not an eternal optimist. It's we know the Lord Jesus and we know who promises. And we know when I say God. eternal, I'm referring to Jesus Christ, my to, Lord and Savior. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I it's just it's irritating. It gets frustrating because I remember. Look, I if, rewind five years. I was in the movement. I was looking at all the stuff online, constantly on Twitter, spending 11, 12 hours a day trolling those libs and doing all that stuff, right? And, and then you realize, wait a minute, am I actually doing something? Am I am I contributing? to the problem or am I going to solve the problem? And, and, and Megan, the cry was the same every day. It was like, it's the children. It's about the children. I heard it a million times. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh wow, it is about the children. And so I tried to do something and I got involved, you know, am I doing the best now job every here, day? Gina. Now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but it's like, but I, and it's not like patting myself on the back. It's like, you got to do something. I have kids. I have a family like I have nieces and nephews. I'm going to have grandchildren soon. Like, I mean, like, what am I going to do? Like, not like not stand up for kids. I'm a Christian first. I'm, Jesus Christ, my Lord, Savior, that's first. And if if I don't protect the weak among us, I'm worse than an infidel. And that ain't going to happen. Not on my watch. So I'm just begging anybody out there, please do something. And it, you don't have to do a podcast. We've said this before. You, you don't have to do any of this stuff. You can be anonymous. You can send letters. You can call senators and all. you can get active with local groups that are doing stuff against these, the system. Like there's lots of ways to get involved. And Megan has her own foundation. Megan, what's that foundation? I didn't want to self promote again. See, I am a board member. No, I know. everything you're saying is incredible because it's true. And that's what people can do. And that is what prompts this amazing thing about Protect American Families. And I look, Gino's on the board. We have amazing people on the board. We have ex-law enforcement. We've got advocates, amazing people, right, that are game involved. And I'm trying to rush the websites because we have so many people that want to start local chapters, which is what we're really pushing. Okay. That's been my message from the beginning. Gino, you can attest is mm -hmm. that this is local. Uh, you know, this is, this is where that matters. Um, and so we are giving the options. It'll be the end of this month, probably January. Sorry guys. Cause we're just so behind on stuff, but we, you know, we've had such an outpour of people that want to start local chapters. And that is our point. We want to, I want to flood the nation. I don't want distance to, you know, create this divide or create a, a problem that can't be solved. Right. I don't want that to be the issue. So, you know, we need to, we need to know this is happening in every county. Um, and I know that we're getting more into the CPS and, and the modern issues from Adam, but it all correlates you guys. And, and we haven't even gotten into the deeper possibilities about Adam that do involve CPS potentially. Um, and, and, and more of that, right, Gino? hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but, you know, we need to understand that this does happen locally. If we want to do change, it's not on Twitter. Yes, 
we have to compartmentalize like Twitter, social media is great in the, in the realm of awareness, but we've also been in this for several years now. And just like in modern society, when there have been people in this for like decades, right. And fighting for their children and trying to fight for this, we're just at an amazing point right now. Um, and so we need that to be shared out. We need that to be talked about, but and that's where the social media realm is appropriate, right, is my point, right, Gina? But what we really need to be focusing on is the local level and really educating each other. And for those that feel called to this and have the courage to do this, to really be looking into your local DCF uh, and CPS departments, looking at who they contract to, what pharmacies, what um, mental health, uh, you know, conglomerates, for lack of a better word, that they uh, are practices that they contract with, because these these cases are not governmental anymore. They're governmental when they're taken, and then they become local and taken out of government by contract by contracts to organizations and businesses, and that's where the loopholes come and the downfalls in terms of trafficking. I mean aside from the state level where they are taking our children unfounded and, and maliciously prosecuting and unethically prosecuting families. Uh, it is lawfare. So I don't mean to get off on these tangents, but I just want to redirect that if we really are here to care about children's issues and children, the protection of children, which again is a notion. There's a lot of this border focus on the children, the children, there's a lot of international focus on the children. It is not children. It's children and their families, their families, like children, like they, they this is a, such a severe violation of children's rights in America that people don't even think about because we're all so busy grabbing our chests and being the saviors. Like we know better. No one ever thinks about the children's perspective in this and no one actually is thinking about children's rights. What are children's rights? What are they? Can you give me a list of children's rights in America? What are the rights that children have? I think the number one would be to their own biological family or family of origin. How can you make a decision for a child when they can't even speak for themselves yet, for their whole entire future and their upbringing and who their family is? We gotta do better, guys. We gotta really be asking asking the real questions and we need to be getting local. You're muted, Gina. Well, I wasn't talking, I was still listening. I thought. Another great diatribe by Megan Walsh. Yeah, they, these guilty. are great. You're making so many That's great the points. Thing I'm guilty of. Her. No, there's no, you, there's no guilt. It needs to be said, and you're, you always say it so well. It's it articulated perfectly so that people understand what's going on. You know, you brought up these entities, right, that come into the state and start taking children away. They're making millions of dollars, millions. Some of them close to 100 million. The state's making billions on this. And it's all coming through us. So when do we say enough is enough? I don't want to traffic children. I don't. And I know you don't either. So how do we stop it? We, we have to do something. It's up to us. They're stop not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They are not going to do it. And it doesn't matter if they have an R in front of their name or a D. It doesn't matter. It doesn't Most of matter. them, 99% of them are in on, in on it, whether they know it or not. 
I, I've oh, said this a million, sorry, Megan, I've said this a million times. I already, when, when I, when we do get before Congress, <laughs> I have a whole thing I got that I want to say. And the number one thing I'm going to say to these people is this. Some of you up there don't even know this is going on, but guess what? After today you do, and now you're being held accountable by the American people. That's needs to be said because a lot of them do know what's going on and they're not which being is, held accountable. Which is hypocritical in itself. Like how can you have the audacity to hold a position and then try to claim ignorance? Like, no, right. that doesn't happen. Especially when this is a decades <laughs> right. old situation saw... that we're dealing with. So maybe that's why my dad was mad that I never became maybe. a lawyer. And my mom mad that I never was into politics, but I'm not taking that. Like, I, I want your whole speech. I agree with it to that point. But these people know exactly what's going on. And that's the problem. And the fact that people need to be contacting their local, like their state representatives, their county representatives, anyone that has taken an oath and that has been elected or appointed, you need to be contacting within your state. If you care at all and you're taking three hours to watch our, our crazy butts talk about stuff, yeah. then take five minutes to call your representative and actually an email is even better because it creates a legal document. So if everyone was emailing their local and state representatives about, hi, as a concerned citizen, what are you doing about, you know, this child trafficking through our government, through our states, DCF, CPS, whatever, ABC crap it's called, which should be concerning in itself that it doesn't even keep the same name. Um, you know, these are, you know, as my dad, what did my dad say in the Adam movie? You know, these, the state, the states are the biggest issue because they're all their own, basically like countries, you know, like Florida could be like Switzerland and Georgia could be like Germany and it wouldn't even matter. And actually I'll give them credit for that because at this point, that's what people need to realize. The states function individually. Anything privatized or federalized should be very concerning to people. We should only approve those things under the strictest um, you know, delineation and and looking over and criticize, you know, criticism over those things that we allow on that level. Um, and even within Florida, you're muted, but even It should be the Florida, highest levels of scrutiny. For those uh, absolutely. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, no scrutiny. And even within that point, you know, you bring up a great point because, you know, criminal court has more rights and more legalities than any family court or CPS court. You have no rights. There's no constitution there. You are threatened. You're gagged. You're jailed. You're everything. I mean, we know I've had every single second of that, even like literally what's in your womb. Mm-hmm. Laminate Live brought up a good point. Do not digress. <laughs> Your diet was... Keep it going. Don't digress. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he would say that. <laughs> That's your shout out. I love that. <laughs> That's his shout out. Yeah, he would. I digress. Don't digress. I, he also said, I have a PhD in phony fraud fucks. Damn it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Which I will direct oh, yes. everyone to go to my Twitter, Megan Walsh underscore, <laughs> at this moment, and look at the fabulous uh, work that has been done video to point out what I just, I, I don't revel in this whatsoever, but I will say that we all know I went on my birthday, my darn birthday with no kids and all this craziness to turn mm -hmm. 
for these jokers and uh went down there and we know that Actually, you know, i saw timmy boy ballard i'm gonna pull it up go ahead and keep talking and I was at a point, while you do that, I was at a point, we have to understand that I was at a point where I knew the truth, but I would be the you-know-what, Gino, if I said it. The D-I-C-K is my <laughs> All right. But I would be that guy if I talked about it out loud, right? And we've got enough going, Megan's crazy, Megan said, ah, so, you know, we want this to not just be some moment in time and craziness, but we actually want, you know, people to realize what we're talking about and how crazy this world is. So, um, so yeah, I took the time to go to Turning Point. I approached Tim Ballard. Sorry. Oh, I didn't know it was oh, on. I was ready to go. Yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Music. Then we'll play it. And it's bad, but we, again, we have to make light of this kind of stuff because it is so crazy, but I, we want everyone to take this seriously. Um, here in this video is me actually approaching Tim Ballard with a very big purpose, as well as Dan Bongino. People have seen my other videos. Um, and I approached all of the main Patriot influencers regarding this um and my real purpose there was to approach tim ballard while he's promoting sound of freedom in a very hollywood like i've experienced my whole life setting and i really wanted to ask him truthfully because knowing the truth that we how do i say this i'm being long-winded but knowing <laughs> the truth that we know i wanted to say truthfully and respectfully to focus on freaking domestic trafficking and american is that is that how we're breaking look i got i got beaten down to this point okay that's literally works for me works for me like, tim you know I well you would think you would think the head of our i mean rescuing children like he does you would think he'd want to know this and get in touch with you and let's solve this problem together right well you would think but i've seen over the past two and a half years that it's what what are we calling it like we literally go to people with the story. I'm I, who's involved. It's a bunch of frauds. I'm I'm gonna call it like I'm gonna call it what it is. It's frauds. I don't I don't know another way. I can tell you I'm not gonna name names right now. I've personally no. called or texted several people in high ranking media positions that I thought would definitely wanna hear the story. And I either get, Oh, that's fascinating, can you send me more information? And then I do. And then no return emails, no return text, no return phone call, nothing. Just what's that? When the heartbeat stops, like that's all it. That's where their yeah. media train and then gets into the stealing of intellectual property, which I don't think people really at all. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but people do not understand the industry at all and how this works, like at all. And they're thinking that new people coming out, I'll just put it that way are like some new fresh formula. And unfortunately, because like you said about Wayfair and shipping and all that stuff, mm -hmm. I was there too. And I'm hopeful I'm that person. I always want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And say, Let's just do what's right, right? But I think it's been very interesting. I did not expect it that to put my situation and who I am and what's going on in front of people would be such a delineating and very telling uh you know what 
for lack of, I don't know what to say, what is it after that uh, moment Let's... to present, right? And and to see how that turns it's, out. It should, be plain to, it should be plain to see by now. It, it, this isn't hard. Laminate Lie said, are you about to see the most kettled vid on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, this goes out to him, actually. This one goes out to him. Play it, Gina. There we go. <laughs> It's too damn clock in the morning where you been Baby, did you get my toy? I was with my girlfriend You are lying Busted It's too damn clock in the morning where you been Baby, did you get my toy? I was with my girlfriend You are lying Okay so, had to play it twice so that we could we did. get it and, get and the I gist of it. I want to say why the music is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to explain his uh, the mentality again. No, it, it's very important. This is obviously one of the girl. And again, we're not we're not disrespecting people. We're not you know mocking people. Look, I'm I'm in it. Okay, um, but the, I, the woman, I I am. Okay, you, okay. you might well, not do you be, but I want to explain the clip. Then? No, no, I'll let you explain it. It's just I'm sick of I'm sick of Tim Ballard. I'm sick of the nonsense. I'm think when that movie came out, we were all just laughing like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, and all these people were just like, "Oh, Tim, Tim," and we're laughing like, "What are you kidding me? This guy's a fraud. He's a fake." Not he was former CIA for crying out loud. If that doesn't, Lord, I had to go see this man. I had to go oh do God. all the interviews. And be like. Which should say something in itself, right? Because I'm like a really honest one out of all of them. And for me to feel that pressure, imagine how everyone else like in the scene and in the end, you know, whatever the heck we're calling it these days felt, right? And there were a lot of people that even wanted to come out that were main influencers and wanted to say like shame the public outright if they questioned any of it, which I found like very telling in itself if somebody is coming out shaming you for questioning okay like before you head. go real quick yeah. laminate lie said he wasn't cia are you sure he is a dhs op okay he, i could have swore i thought he had cia tie no, i thought he had ties he might not have been an agent but no i'm gonna tell y'all oh oh okay okay go ahead. you can tell us in the comments if you agree he was an intern right comments? intern okay he was an intern. There was an association. And it <laughs> Let's wasn't, say no, that it wasn't even. He was like a no? stupid intern. And no, I, let's give him a few minutes to reply. He was like, a. Tim was a stupid DHS intern. op is what he's saying. DHS op, yes, he was a DHS op. Which, That's why he was on the border. But he yes, I remember that. A CIA intern Homeland Security. Only, yeah. Like not even. Yeah, intern. Okay, but, he, but still that's... I mean, it's still it's associated. Not. It is. No. It's how is that not associated? Yeah, it's, it's, it's associated, but it also shows the grip. So, like, yeah. these, these yeah. are not black and white. This is not. It's very convoluted. This is the government we're talking about. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think we're splitting hairs, but okay, I get it. We we are at this point, but well. But not, but we're not. You, it's not saying it's not black and white, Gino. It's not saying that there's not a CIA connection 
It's just saying that he was never a CIA agent. Like sure, he sure. claims all these things. He was only an intern. Okay. And and then he was DHS, but he was not the like discovering guy of this child or any of that. So it's like little true, little half truth, a lot of false da da da. That's how these guys work. That's how the government works. But I didn't say that. <laughs> so, Go ahead, Gina. Don't stress. What's going I'm, on? I'm, all, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Laminate lies, throwing a whole bunch of stuff out there. It's good stuff. Good stuff. He was a reject. Oh. <laughs> yes, we know that. He took, he took a couple classes and got certificates, Red Chief said. Anyone can be an intern if you graduate from the CIA School of Monterey. Well, it's failed, just like, okay, Failed lie detector. Well, yeah. it's just like John Walsh. Like, how many people raise your hand in comments because it was the majority of this country and globally that thought that John Walsh was law enforcement. I grew up with that my whole entire life. Absolutely not true. Like, and that's a big question about Adam. His song continues the second movie. It literally looks like a police state video, like of some guy agent whose son got taken. And this is well, how he avenged his death when he was supposed to be your, a hotel guy. Is your dad a U.S. Marshal? honorary yes he is only one so of is, three in so, history so is he law enforcement right and when <laughs> he's on the board it. and when he's on the board of the national center for missing exploited children which under their nonprofit laws and breaches of that with any malicious intent then take away his immunity Just saying. It's a lot. There's a there's there's much more. It's a lot. You're on mute. Sorry, I'm just I'm just like think, I'm like, thinking. I'm thinking. I'm probably good. I was because I'm thinking some things out loud that I probably shouldn't be. <laughs> I just I have so much anxiety inside of me because of some of this stuff. It just drives me crazy. I'm so sick of injustice. I am done with it. Like I. There I has to be a point when people are just done. Like, you're just done. Like, you've reached your peak. You're ready to blow. Like, this is it. Like, this I'm has to be the frauds. point. I'm done with frauds. Even in this CPS thing and all this child trafficking thing, this is not a movement. This has been going on forever. This is something that families and parents have been fighting for decades for their kids and trying to get the public to just realize. And now we actually are at a time were because of certain people, and I will give a lot of credit to Trump. Um, you know, I don't give him all the credit, but I give a lot of credit to Trump um, that this is coming out at this time, and it's very necessary. And we're seeing a lot. I mean, we've got to, we literally have to put our discernment on. We have to be parents. We have to be people that care about children, and we have to ask the hard questions because our children can't. Like, like that's a that's a jerk move. I'm, choosing my words wisely that's a jerk move right there to uh to not be asking these questions and to rather hide behind complacency or say that there must be something they did that we don't know or there's more to the story or oh that children that child that mother killed that child you know hey casey anthony's coming up lately this game brought oh, back no. in yeah, for real yeah and her dad oh, was gosh. a chief of police Let's let's start looking at the common threads, you guys. That's 
literally let's start being what you need to that's what you need to do on your twitter you need to do a thread of all the parallels that would be an amazing thing one through 20. i got i'm living it by the second it comes like waves of god okay like the information (laughs) i don't disagree i'm already still trying to do my comparative report on uh the finders cult adam's case cps and my case so we're still we're still haven't even started that and working on all the chapter information for people that want to start national chapters their state county chapters of protect american families i've got to get spreadsheets together for my own lawsuits coming up so we've got a lot on the agenda but Guys, I can't thank everyone for getting involved enough. Please just know that we are working hard. I'm working for free for the American public and most of all for our children. Um, And it's the greatest honor and purpose under God that I could ever be given. Um, I have really rough days and it's, it's stuff. I mean, Gino, no, it's stuff people couldn't even imagine that happens every day or, you know, on some of these days, a lot of these days. And it's always something consistently. So um, hopefully that will affect other people that are suffering and, and being put through the same kind of thing. Because again, I'm far from the only one. I just, I'm trying to use my voice and, you know, what I've been given in this life, what I was born into. And you know, I always ask God what my purpose was. So if it's fighting for our children, correcting this, you know, that's that's definitely a hill I'll die on. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely our calling. Our calling is to, we got to protect them. We have to. We don't have a choice. There is there is no choice. It's not, well, maybe. No, it's either you, you are or you're not in it. I You don't care. I, I don't know how another, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like, but no, like, it's, it's true. Like, the whole thing is like, it's not a, like some up in the air movement thing. Some yeah. This is like, it's no, like life or death. Like literally. Like, this is not like a crazy, oh, satanic and there's pedophiles everywhere and all. Not anything that feels exaggerated or on too big of a thing is not aligned. Like, and I'm even saying about talking about these issues, right, Gino? Like anything that seems exactly. feels that way is not aligned. This is about grounding the issues, about saying this is the reality. Like, you know, you can't bully us with like saying, oh, that sounds ridiculous or, oh, da-. no, none of that works anymore. Mm. We are here for our children. This is not political. This is not a moment in time. It's not every anything like that. This has been happening because we care. We're intelligent. We're an intelligent society that knows about our history, that cares about our children. And we are admitting that we've allowed horrific things under the guise of ignorance and help to to happen to this point. And you know what? We're actually going to be human enough and under God to stand up and say, you know what? We're not okay with that. And our government and those in, in the powers of position should really bow down to that and have respect, honestly, by the people. To see this opposition and this terror domestic terrorism and everything that's happening retaliatory like actions and efforts are is really really against god it's really even just if you don't believe in god societally against humanity it's 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 a downfall it's a destruction it doesn't add to anywhere good and we need to really turn this around we have that chance like it's a great thing we have the chance to turn this around if we simply 
do what's right. We simply stand up. We say, this is what you are. This is you out. Everyone wants all this power in all these other realms, right? That we won't, we don't have power over. We don't have power over the war in Israel and between Israel and Hamas. We don't have power over Ukraine and Russia right now. We don't have the power over certain things that are going on in our world, even in our, our own country right now. But this, we do have the power over because this is about the people. These are our children. And it's not about fear mongering. This is about grounding something to empower communities so that we can stop this and we can move to freaking better ways, man. We can start like coming together. We can say like, we've all got crap and guess what? Maybe I can help my neighbor because of my crap. You know, maybe I got supported by my neighbor and that that helped my children. And that's what, you know, ultimately led to a good environment for my children and upbringing. And that's how we correct things. Not denying and shaming and murdering your neighbor. You're muted. Gosh, I keep clicking that stupid button. Sorry, because when you're, I don't want to interrupt you, so I'm purposely muting. And then, so I'm sorry. Um, I, no, this is the moral issue of the day. There's nothing higher than this. This is it. Also, I want to say that word movement. Okay, I'm like, I know Megan, that drives you crazy, the whole movement thing, and especially if we're calling it a movement and the wheels are spinning, it's not moving. Okay, so like that's backwards. It, I, backwards, backwards maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe. So what's what is what do we call this so people can understand what we're talking about? I mean, it is the moral issue of the day, but I mean, okay, we've the, there's been crisis. okay, this that's okay, that's a great one. That, that's fantastic. Against, you know, this is the epitome sure. of crimes against children and humanity. Mm -hmm. Everyone yes. wants to throw that around. Everyone wants to talk about it, especially you know, Republic, you know, the conservative crowd, all mm -hmm. this stuff. We all want to throw crimes against humanity around, right? Nuremberg 2.0, da, da 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 da. Like, what? What do you think that is? Like, this is crime. This is crimes against children and humanity by definition, more so than anywhere other. Absolutely. Going on in yep. our in our world at this point. Yep. There you go. Okay. Defined. Done. Perfect. <laughs> you solved the problem. I hate that word movement. I know you've you've said it a million times to me. You're like, okay, if one more person says okay, movement. I just swore over the word. Oh my god, I just did it. <laughs> you were doing so well. <laughs> I just said I, but, it. But honestly, Megan, Megan. We are not fighting. It's not. It's not. Like this is oh my god, I just did bad things twice. This is really really bad. Like th this is us giving handing our children over like this is not a movement and this is not a fight this is what has been happening this is a beast freaking system that they have created that elites have created we know already the delineation between elites and general society and the masses we know the differentiation lifestyle and economic side and, and privilege and everything right so why are we having a hard time in this like don't let the the cognitive dissonance get in the way now like this is happening. We are not fighting. We are taking a stand. These people don't operate without our money. These people don't operate like in general, never mind about our kids. So I, 
I don't I'm trying to like break this down simple so we can like get grounded fundamentally and now I'm swearing and doing crazy stuff in the meantime but this isn't a movement and we're not fighting this is something this is a you know what system Megan. that has been spiritual and demonic for decades and since its conception and we are not fighting we are standing as the people over our children which God gives us and we should protect with all of our lives Megan, can I suggest something for you to settle down? I, I have a great movie to recommend. It's 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 a it's a fantastic movie. You're gonna enjoy it tremendously. Oh, it's, it, it's the song continues the or whatever the It's so you know that there is work to do after. I can't even get the title of the movie right. It's so bad. Maybe. We're going to hell. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, gosh. How dare we question this? How dare we say this is a mockery of our, our children's issues? How dare we? The hubris. How dare we say this is wool? Just a wool woven sweater just pulled right over our eyes in the cinema. I don't know. <laughs> you might be in Adam 3. What, what would we call that movie? Hmm. Let's see, we have the song yeah, continue. They already did like Megan 2.0 or something like last year. Some weird, creepy AI doll that's going to raise your children. And then they they murder the family because they love the child so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My life. <sighs> okay. Well, what do you say? What? what do you What do you say we wrap it up? We're, we're at... Um, huh? Four, holy, do you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, good luck. Do you know, guess how many hours we've been streaming? You're not even going to believe it. Four. <laughs> I thought it was like two and a half. Oh my gosh. Okay. 11, well, 12, one, two, three, four hours. See my you know what? We're not. <laughs> so we were going to go an hour every week and it only happened the first week. So it's been three. I think it's been three, three. Two and a half, three, longer. four. <laughs> getting longer instead of shorter. Yeah, and then today I was like, dang, like we shouldn't be doing that. Like we made this mistake. Now we're not gonna like have more episodes to do. Like maybe this is gonna cut really short. Like are we ram material? And then I like caught myself. I was like, no. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Plenty of material. But we are maybe let's set this. Next week we will try for like Okay, we'll say an hour and a half. That that's reasonable. We'll go an hour. <laughs> I mean, like even tonight, even honestly, like, we did not cover like all you know, you guys. Like it's okay. It's been controversial. Yes, since it has a little bit. Yes. McBray said, I've been here for the whole four hours. <laughs> yes, McBray. Laminate's going off too. Uh, don't dash. Yeah, stop like the madness. Let's go to Arizona. <laughs> Weirdo yeah, convention. Mick Bray has been so patient with me. Like literally I rally uh, for this stuff, you guys, because in between I have to like like recharge and recover and heal because it's really wild for me. I don't think people maybe get that. Um and so McBray has been awesome and very patient with me. Thank you. I love you, sister. But we need she a, will we, also yes. be 
when we do the family background, she's been like super rock star. Sorry, Gina, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Laminate said we need a Megan GoFundMe. It's time. Yes, I agree a hundred percent with that. I agree. They have taken everything from her, folks. Like, they, they don't want her to make a living. Okay? And think about this. I want this. I, maybe this hasn't settled in either, Megan, for people that maybe don't know your whole story, whatever. You, but, I've restarted, like, multiple times even I know. these past years. And they just, have just in case. it so that I have to. Go ahead. But here, here's the thing. I want you to imagine. Put your. I always try to put myself in somebody else's shoes. So try to put yourself in shoes of Megan. Okay. And she's kind of small, so my feet probably wouldn't fit in her shoes. <laughs> but let's just say, let's let's just say you could, and now you're in her shoes, and they take your kids. Okay, would you be able to hold a job? Would you be able to get up and do the nine to five every day and go out and fight the traffic and do all that stuff to make a living? Of course not. That's what they do to all these parents. They debilitate them, right? They try to knock them down so they can't make a living. Because they know, they know that in this life, that's what it money's everything. That's how they get right. The kids, that's how the, that's you know? that's how they get them. So and we have the so, highest uh, so, suicide rates of parents and we children do. within the CPS system. We do. Yeah, and so I mean, laminate coming out saying we need to GoFundMe or give send go. I don't know whatever it is this day these days. I think isn't GoFundMe deep state? I don't. <laughs> I don't Megan know. Could be a turning point right now. Yeah. Well, I went there, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah, so I think it is time for that give send go or or uh, GoFundMe. Didn't you have wait? Was it wasn't it I GoFundMe had, that I they were a, screwing people out of their money? Go, right? I had to give send go. I think you. Yeah, I thought you. They kept messing with that, so that's why I PayPal and cash out. Yeah. Now. Well, so, if you feel so inclined. Be working the best. I mean, PayPal can get weird, but Cash App seems to be working the best um you know i mean it is what it is i know it's hard times for everyone so i don't really expect it i have to say like the show i don't think i've gotten one donation from any of our shows so far i will say that um as well as some others that i go on but it's okay we're gonna keep doing it and it'll all come back yeah when it needs to and and no and i also want to say that's not why you wanted to start the show anyway it wasn't about making money it was about to get the story out and 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 talk about what's going on in this country that needs to be brought to an end. So, you know, I, it, I actually brought up the putting her money on the screen. She did not bring that up. That was my idea. That's why I put it on there. Um, and she's always been kind of that person like, eh, I don't like talking about that. But you know what? People need to know. Like, like they make they make it impossible. That's what they're trying to do. So we got to help each other. Like, we're all in this together. If, really if you do. have, and I think that you know, my media training for kids. has really kept me like to be graceful and thankful and act like it's not that big of a deal, to be honest. And it, okay. it's really a bad. It, it is. Uh, it's it's hor It's domestic terrorism, to be honest. I mean, I've I've endured. Literally every day is enduring some. Not some like literally consistently throughout the day some crap. No, Gino, like some kind of. Uh, uh -huh. It's always something. Okay, Rev X content said, did the man who was claiming to be Adam Walsh in an interview ever take the DNA test? Uh, yeah, I would like to answer that because actually I had, um, through this movement, right, I had a trusted person named Francesca Amato that I really trusted. 
thought she was amazing, trusted the heck out of her. She told me she was going to get my three children back. Um, we did notice of liability. I'm not even saying that maybe even her methods weren't the proper way, but she had no idea what she was freaking talking about at the end of the day to follow through, right? I'm not saying that she didn't do great. I'm, I, I live in the middle, not black and white. Uh, but uh, then I was shown very concerning information about her and the fact that she has done this to many other families. Uh, she is a main reason why I lost my three children on the first case. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have lost them regardless because of the corruption, um, but her telling me that her methods were going to get my kids back and uh, that I needed to stop doing the case plan because I had done enough and she was going to take this over and she was going to make sure. And I, I'm saying that because I don't want people in this to fall into the same trap. It's happening over and over again within the movement. Um, and it's really disgusting. Um, and so I actually gave her uh, the information uh, so like I do, I, Gino has a lot of my information. I give my information out to other people so that I have backups in case anything happens to me. And so I, I trusted this woman, Francesca Amato with the contact information, the nursing home that I was hiding, uh, this person in for safety. Um, I've gone through great lengths. They actually came down, uh, for those that aren't aware uh, they came down to my trial, my first trial for my children. I actually was keeping them in different motel rooms each night, changing them around uh, so that no one would know where they were, as well as with them in the hospital um, and different horrific things that happened uh, during that time. Uh, while my children's trial is going on and I'm being falsely arrested by the sheriff, uh, you know, under my dad's false reports, which, you know, all false reports come with a penalty, which have not applied to John Walsh, apparently so far. Um, and so this person, I gave the information to Francesca Amato, um, you know, thinking that this was a backup person to have the information. This was a very trusted person to have the information with. Um, she has since taken that information, uh, has now withheld it from me. I lost the information in my last phone, uh, like we do these days, and I have begged her for months. I have begged through um, her acquaintances. I'll just leave it at that, which I've suffered greatly for asking through those acquaintances and people that were put in my life, acting like they were there to help me, just like she was. Um, I have asked her for the contact information for Lily Adam. Um, I had it all. I was the one taking care of them, uh, regardless of who that turned out to be, um, trying to keep them safe while managing our situation and everything coming out about my father. It's been a lot. Um, and instead, Francesca decided to take advantage of that, put this person out on an interview, which again, I said, Please interview that person. I can't be the person to put it out. I've got enough targets on my back. But to withhold the information and to now gatekeep who could be my brother, who's a person coming forward saying that they're my brother, and to gatekeep that information and then be influencing and working with other infiltrators in this situation that I cannot name at this time, and we know very well who they are, um, including people connected to my daughter, 
um, that, you know, we're, we're having to navigate that. So I do, I don't mean to be long winded or circle around the question. Um, I'm very upset about it is the, and I'm human is, is the answer, right? Do you know, um, I've been very taken advantage of, I trusted these people and I've been asking for months to get back in touch. Uh, you know, I never lost touch until this happened. Uh, with the person that came forward as Lily um, Adam. And to be honest, I was very skeptical, um, still embracing, but very skeptical of their story. And to date, it's only proven what, you know, to probably be more and more true, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it, you know, I really believe, I can't say, right? Like, I can't say right now what I think. I don't know. You know, it could not be my brother or, you know, when I was with this person, I can only be honest about what I've experienced. And when I was with this, sorry, I'm looking at chat to see what I'm looking at. Um, I can be honest that, you know, what I experienced felt more like family than anything I've ever been a part of. Um, it, you know, I don't know what people think that people are supposed to look like or be like that have been put through these things if they're real mm -hmm. I think people really need to think about that um and so i don't know the answer about this person we did do dna um but we only got to do hair um maybe we could do a whole show on that actually gino i think because when i start to go into it, i think it'd be way too much for me to start going into right now but i appreciate the question and i'm sorry to be a little disjointed in my answer, but um, it's it's a lot. Um, and so I'm dealing with that right now. There's been my baby taken and the other three are being held from me, not even able to speak to their mother while I'm a race. This is a playbook that they do. Um, people that are not in these circles or brought up in this way do not understand. I didn't understand until it happened to me. Now it's very, very clear. I actually watched many done to several women before me and never mm -hmm. realized until it was me. So um, anyways, I, I wish I had more answers on the DNA, but right now it, that's being withheld from me by people who pretend that they are, you know, in the, the movement. So, yeah. we'll just leave it at that. so Revax has another question. Thank you for the reply to my question. I have one more if it's okay. Did the host of Too Strong ever apologize for that ambush interview they did with you? I was watching it live and was shocked. Thank you. You know what? The truth always mm -hmm. comes to light. Thank mm -hmm. you. And that's a big question. You know, I give everyone grace. No, they have not. They haven't said a word. Um, and I really trusted them and supported them. Um, and then they started working with Esther's father, Andre. Um, and Fran, Francesca Amato is also in contact with Andre. And Andre is also online putting out a lot of stuff while he's doing other stuff behind the scenes. And I... <laughs> There's a lot of, there's really, a lot. We really mm -hmm. need to wake up guys. Like no. in these situations, it's, it's not okay. Like literally anyone could call Indian river County and make a police report about this. Anyone could say, I know this is a crime going on and everyone wants to ask every day, like what they can do and, 
and all that. I'm so appreciative, but literally like you can make reports. Like it does, I, I, I put my life at risk when I do these things. Like I literally put my life at risk and I want to live for my children. I want to live for this world. Amen. Red Sheep said, Lily Adam was very detailed and very much believable. I thought so too. I thought there was a lot of, I, I mean, I know on the outside it looks crazy, like no way. no. But I got to tell you, <clears throat> trauma does some crazy that, things. I believe that's Adam. Like, I, I won't, I'll be fine. Like, I don't, like, people have to, don't, I don't know if people can understand, I guess is the way to say, like, I, I would be okay. Like I've lived 41 years without him alive. Like mm -hmm. I loved and honored right. my brother. I prayed to God that I had an older brother so I wouldn't have to be like the oldest <laughs> one and put through all this crap, you know, like I literally did my whole life. Um, and that was a pain thing for me, but like I've lived already this far, right? Like I, and I'm very grounded. Like I, I only, I'm only grounded because I only want to know the truth. Like, I don't want to be kid. Like, I don't want to be joked around in life. I don't want to be kidded in life. I want to know the truth. Right. Like, so for me, it's like, if he's, if that's not Adam, then that's fine. Like it is what it is. I'm open to any scenario, just some explanation. Mm -hmm. And besides the the farce that we've been given and this left up in confusion land like they want, you know, and um, but I do after meeting this person, the more that the years go on and the more that I've seen just like him being kept from me and things like this now, which regardless of whether he's my brother or not, I cared about that person. I love that person. I, you know, I respect that person. And for others to come in and gatekeep that, infiltrate, not even just keep them from me. Not even, I mean, I don't, I don't have words, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find words and, and keep grace because it's, it's very ungraceful. It's very, very bad. But I, I do think the more and more that this goes on, I do believe that that person um, is, is Adam. And I wish that people, well, I wish Francesca Amato would not have um, come in and handled us and uh, now gatekeep him because for the last two years, I could be having a relationship with him regardless of who he is. And he's a huge testament, no matter who he is, to the fact that the truth is not going to come from pretty faces. It's not going to come from platforms. It's not going to come from any of that. These people that are coming out and children are not going to be what you all want. And your judgment and your programming is going to make you shame them. Just like people have shamed me for two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. The, the slander against you is just, it's atrocious. I, I don't even know how people sleep at night, honestly. And what I've seen just being in this, the short time I have been in it, the amount of infiltrators, shills, liars, frauds, whatever you want to call them, trolls, it's its unreal. Like, the levels are at an all-time high. And, and people that will stab you in the back in two seconds. Like, it's just, it's ruthless. And you think, 
are you kidding me? Like, there's this many people that are this evil that don't care about children, don't care about families. Yeah, like, I don't. Media. What? I thought. I mean, <laughs> it's from the people. Like, the public has been what's like would maybe have an effect on me. I mean, I I don't think people think when they like troll or do all that stuff. That's fine. Like, I grew up in media. I grew up in like my dad's sex life on the Globe, and people said it was a you know that kind of magazine so it might not be real and i knew that was real i lived it like i was living it you know so you know i'm okay on that kind of stuff but when we're this obvious of an issue that isn't about one celebrity person it's not about like look at me or that when mm -hmm. we're an issue of like child trafficking and all this craziness and people want to scream online about an epstein list and all this kind of stuff but then like you're just stuck in programming. It's all in your face. People have told you it is. I've told you. I risked my life. I was already an advocate before. My children were happy and safe and we were a family before like when I went into all this and was speaking out. Then it happened to us. So, you know, and I'm far from alone. I mean, there's women, right? I get calls each week about women saying now my like big figures in the movement or speaking truth out or having telegrams or anything that now their children are being taken away based on their social media or even what they're exposing or saying in itself. And that's only one example. So it's just, you know, we're really at a point and what gets me upset is that, you know, humanity and especially American society would rather set the things that I see people say to each other online and Twitter is like just, depravity of humanity like your soul that you're engaging in saying that kind of stuff is just really wild to me it's uh so you know in a way it's sad but in a way it also makes it easier to get through um but i get really upset about like the heart issues in this and the fact that we're still just going in circles i mean the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results um and that's what we've been doing in this movement and I just hope that we can come together and break through to ground it. I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's why I'm not on X very much, Twitter, whatever they're calling it. Like, I, I had to decompress. I'm just like, you know what? I'm sick of, I'm just sick of BS. That's what I'm sick of. I'm just, there's very few, there's very few people that are putting out good stuff anymore. And, and then. If there's a the figure that just showed up in the movement it's called in the arena of child issues if there's someone that just showed up you should really be questioning them mm -hmm. like these issues have not been going on just in the past two years like i've been involved in this issue i was born into it whether whatever degree it was in but this has always been in my life independently no matter what my parents were doing or what they've done with it so there's people that have been in this for a long time and they've dealt with it like sylvia and danielle and and the people that are around us i mean these are not new fad things and so if there's influencers that's great if they're using their platform to get the message out but if they're claiming this kind of stuff and knowledge and and all of that then i would just be really weary because these are not well seasoned you know in the no i don't know i don't want to be insulting because i think it's all great to get awareness out i'm, I'm not sure it, it's not an easy thing it's not easy but there's people showing up you know there's also a big issue with 
a lot of the influencers that have, you know, people or graphics behind them or can do platforms better than survivors or parents that are just fighting for their kids and for this to change. Um, you know, that's, that's a huge actual detriment to uh, the effort. I'm not going to say movement towards the effort to change this. Um, it takes away resources from those really in the trenches. It, it takes up time and uh, dedication of those that do want to help in the public, you know, towards something. We need this to be done or that, you know, if it's misdirected, then then that's not OK either. So I just I guess I just hope that people can ground stuff and use more discernment. Um, this issue isn't going you anywhere. To, no, the discernment discernment's a huge one because you really got to be careful right now with the people that are out there there's a lot of people that look good on the surface they're saying the right things it might appear they're doing the right things but in reality they're just they're they're fakes and they're trying to mislead you and guide you places i mean i'm getting messages from people sending me stuff like oh you need to go do this and do that i've been in this for a while i know who the fakes are and I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful to the people sending me information and stuff, but you got to be careful who you're following and you yeah. got to do your own research because there's, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it is very deceptive and why they do it. I don't know what all their motives are. I don't know their hearts. I mean, usually it's money. It doesn't have to be, they yeah. could be trafficking. They could be trafficking people. So you got to be careful. There is paid opposition. Ask there John is. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it sucks. oh man it does suck but no one wants to do this no one wants to do this um yeah. but i'm i'm done i'm not, living <laughs> this. I'm not letting my children live in this anymore what's he doing L laminate lies kill me working overtime without mandated bathroom break unconscionable <laughs> i was about to say i had to be so bad I know, I know. we're done we're done we're calling it we're done right now we're done it was a good show that's hilarious. Yep. That's funny. Go well, he's been saying his new album, her latest album. No, sorry, that's a shout out to him. Go ahead. Insight. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, look, yeah, YouTube, McRae, I yeah, I think all of us, we're sick of it. We're just at that point. It's been a long road and we're all getting, you know, I don't want to say we're getting tired, but it is wearisome for sure. I mean, we we definitely like you gotta you wake up every day and you're like you're like, it's another day? Are you kidding me? How long is this gonna go on? But, I am in the worst horror version of Groundhog's Day I've ever mm. heard of in my life. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, next week, same time, same station, same place. 11 o'clock next. Oh, wait. Wait, is next Saturday? When's Christmas? Holy crap. Oh, is that already? We'll no, that's out. not next week. That's not next week. Okay, so that's two weeks. Yeah, next. No, no. Next Saturday, 11 p.m., same place. Um, if you can hit that thumbs up on your way out, we would definitely appreciate it. You know, Sylvia actually brought up a really good point why the thumbs up. Sometimes people aren't clicking on it because a lot of people are lurking and they don't actually have accounts. So if you don't have an account on Rumble, you can't click the thumbs up. So if you're one of those people, we get it. Thank you. I don't have an account on Rumble. Okay, so you're you're one of the culprits. You're one of the culprits. Okay. Make an account. Yeah. So anyway, we appreciate all of you watching. Yeah, yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining tonight. And, you know, I think the reality is like we, we ended tonight, that we're all sick of it. So what do we do? How, how do we move out of this echo chamber? How do we move out of this political movement? How do we actually fundamentally get down to work, 
I know others are taking intellectual property and promoting local efforts, but that is what Protect American Family is what I have said from day one uh, in my effort is that we need to get local with this. And by the end of the month or beginning of January or so, uh, depending on how many people want to get involved and help uh, at this point, but we will be launching the website uh, to then uh, give the tools and information and contact for people to be creating their own uh, county and state chapters of Protect American Families. Um, so I will be raising funds soon for that. So if you don't want to donate tonight, it's okay. I know the holidays are coming up. Prayers are invaluable. It is what we live or what I live off of, but we will be moving into fundraising for Protect American Families and those efforts, um, as well as registering me as a state lobbyist and those kind of things so that we can actually get on the ground. And as always, I invite others who genuinely and fundamentally would like to get involved on that level as well to please contact and reach out to me. Otherwise, you can find me uh, on X at Megan Walsh underscore. You can find Tuesday nights at nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I go on uh, Hollywood or the, excuse me, Hollywood Reporter, Mike Pack. I was just thinking Mike's name. I get the name mixed up because I'm like, Mike. Um, Hollywood Reporter is on Twitter, but Mike Pack, he and I every uh, Tuesday night at nine uh, Eastern Standard Time do a X space. And then we have tonight uh, with Gino on Insight. Also, please, Thursday nights uh, on the same channel here on Rumble and every other listening platform you could think of, Spotify, iHeart, you know, iTunes, I don't even know these, Apple, up and down, all the platforms you can find uh, on Thursday nights. Please tune in to Rescue the Fosters with Gino and my beloved sisters, uh, Sylvia and Danielle. Um, they've got amazing stuff going on and I'm honored to be a part of it and be with them. Yeah. Uh, if you like the, if you like audio content tonight would be a good one because Megan was reading a lot, so <laughs> you didn't need to read it with her. You can go on, uh, iHeart, Spotify, Apple podcasts or Pandora. I think I'm even on Podbean. I think, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, anyway, you can find them there. And then also laminate, <laughs> laminate's, uh, support Megan Walsh, uh, repost her tweets, tell her your friends. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. And laminate, you know, the other thing is if you watch the replays, you don't have to worry about the bathroom. You can click, click that pause button. You can rewind. You can do whatever you want. Everyone, everyone go follow him on X because he has some bombs about Tim Ballard. So let's just leave it awesome. at that. So everyone go follow him over there too. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know, everyone can give feedback or comment. We're thinking about a Patreon uh, to kind of put everything in one place and then offer extras for you guys, um, as well as be able to help me keep going in this fight. So maybe you guys could leave comments or reach out to us on X or any of that to let us know how you feel about that. Um, and we're going to be trying to get towards the Shopify for merch so that people can wear stuff around and actually start conversations easily. Not like the hype by my merch, but like literally in your community so you can wear stuff and start, uh, sparking hard conversations in a graceful way so that we can change some crap. Right. 
you go. Right. Uh, okay. So, so next week is Christmas weekend. So I guess it's already here. I didn't realize that. So oh, what, no show next. Uh, so Saturday. Sunday is Christmas Eve. So that means there's no way I could do a Saturday night show. Cause I got a whole day on Saturday of family stuff. So I mean on Sunday. Um, so unfortunately, unless we can do it, unless you want to do a show during the week or something, then I could possibly do that. We'll talk. I was going to say, do I need to do a show by myself? <laughs> or you could, I don't know. If, how would we do that? Up. I've got all the controls here. No, you're going to have, you, there's nothing without you, Gino. Let's so. do, so, okay, let's do, maybe we can just do one this week. We'll figure it out. We'll talk. Okay. Well, watch on X. Everyone go follow, share, subscribe, like that, whatever the, the dialogue, whatever that's The lingo. Is supposed to say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll let you know. Uh, this week let's let's try and fit one in gino love you bud love you too all right guys have a blessed week uh i am not doing my blender show tomorrow either my partner's got stuff to do so unless someone wants to sub (laughs) to be honest i want a night off anyway yeah so yeah <laughs> All right, have a great night, everybody. When I don't have children. I'm not celebrating, so I won't be celebrating this year. I, I'm going to pray for everybody else, though. Uh, Anyways, everyone, thank you so much for joining tonight. Uh, we'll let you know about the upcoming show this coming week instead of next Saturday. Please, anyone that has information or you are in the industry of selling kids and taking them, please come forward and contact us and, and speak out. Um, or, you know, you could just go with the rest. So that, oh. that free will is a thing, you know, isn't Mc, it? McBray said she'll be my substitute. What? <laughs> McBray said she'll be my substitute. Oh, yeah, well, good. Okay. <laughs> hey, we might have something lined up then. You never know. We gotta, we gotta get some more important. He's got some work to do for me over there. So we're, we're praying about that. Do you know, pray. All right. Um, all right. So, everyone, thank you for joining, and we will see you on the next episode. Have a good night or morning. Protect American families. Yes.